The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Morning sickness. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself. He's evil. Sitting right here. Come on. No, no, he's not. He's not evil. He's just a bit rude. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Monday. It is the morning sickness. My name is John. There's Brady. There's Brett. And there's Big Dick Toledo. And off we go for this uh, glorious day of uh, everybody. Making some sort of big deal about the difference between 98 and 102 degrees. I don't understand it. That people talking about how they can't go outside. And it's a panic. Over 100. No, yep, yep, yep. That was going to happen. It was inevitable. You guys knew that. Like the sun coming up every morning. It's going to be hot out. But there were like news stories about, well, you've got to stay inside. And it was 99 yesterday. 102 the day after. Yeah, I know. But there's a... That's huge. So when it's 87 and 90, we make this big a deal? Three degrees. Everybody... Basically, it's that time of year where you tell everyone to uh, basically shut the f*** up about 100 degrees. We knew this. Everybody acts surprised every year. It's not a thing. So congratulations. Hope you had it. Now, one thing I won't do, uh, Brett, and you can have at it and tell Josh and the guys from Action Ride Shop. uh, They can also, I love those guys, they can f*** themselves too if they ever want to go riding for the next three weeks. I ain't doing it. (laughs) Saturday morning, I took a little ride and all I heard was... Bees, my biggest fear. They're there. And they tried to kill some lady Got yesterday. 75, 75 times. times she yeah. stuffed her kids in a car, swarming. If you watch the uh, golf tournament a little bit this weekend, they had to stop down there in Mexico. Similar climate. Those guys all hit the deck. Of course they did. The world stopped. It. The commentators thought it was hilarious. Cause it, well, yeah, because they were in, inside. They were in little booths. The... Uh, the giant cloud that just looked like weather came over, and it was bees everywhere. It's horrifying when you're. If you've ever been near a swarm, it is the worst feeling in the world. You just—it's unpredictable. You're out of control. They can do whatever they want. And my biggest fear is nostrils and ears. Hey, the, the mouth thing—you have power to spit. But they always say, "Cover your face and run in a straight line." Well, if I'm covering my face. I'm running in any line I can find. It doesn't. It's not like I, I'm going to run right into a pole. So your eyeballs, they get stung in the eyeballs, and your nostrils get covered. And, we hit ugh. one uh, in my car. Uh, a swarm? Just, yeah. The also, worst. Just, yep. What was that? The real scary ones are when it gets dark. Like they blot out the sun for a second. And I've had that on the bike trail. And I, I wasn't close enough to it, but I could hear it. And suddenly there was a dark shadow, and I looked to my right, and I'm like, oh, God. They were just, uh, they were coming up out of this gulch. And I'm like, uh, and they were on the move. Like, all of them have decided we must take the queen somewhere else. I don't know what they were doing. But How about when they, millions uh, of them. Yeah. They finally camp out in a tree, and you go by. Oh, no. It's, well, that's, I've had it in my backyard where there's a hive, and that's nothing. A swarm is like 40 hives. I don't know where they come from. They're, it's the, it is, 
tight it would, pattern. It would cover the one I saw would cover our entire parking lot from the ground to the second floor. Oh man! And I mean, you'd never see anything like it—just black. And it was a few hundred yards away, but it was loud like a freight train. So now's the t- that's what I'm afraid of. Now is the time of year where those unpredictable bees will do that. And if they're Africanized. Remember that lady a few years ago? Hey, I don't. I don't care if they're black or white. Really. I'm, I'm like Michael Jackson. It don't matter if they're black or white. They all got stinger. Uh, the the one that that lady had her windows rolled down at a stoplight a few years ago is the scariest one of all. Just sitting out there in Scottsdale, and some construction guy accidentally knocked down a a hive or two or whatever he was doing, and they just went, "Let's kill that lady in the car," and they just attacked her. So bees, bees are right out for me. I would rather like. That's one of those weird things, like when they say, how would you like to die? And everybody's like, I'd like to die peacefully in my sleep. Of course you would. How would you like, like, what's your worst fear of dying? Bees are up there. Bees and fire are like, like interchangeable parts at one and two. Croc would be pretty brutal. Yeah, but you're at least in half. You got to go, you're not going to survive it. It, it. It's probably your body kicks in with... You know, it's that death Let's by, go to shock. I death by a thousand true. paper cuts is a lot worse than one blunt trauma. Like, I, I would rather have one thing just go honk and cut me in half than I would, uh, you know, like a hundred million little tiny things going zip, 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 zip. Oh, it's the worst. So bees horrify me. Yeah, there's, well, sure, buddy, there's plenty of ways I can get eaten by something and that wouldn't be pleasant. Nobody's saying one's pleasant. Quicksand would suck. Quicksand. Yeah, those kind of things just, where you're like, this is going to take forever. Mm-hmm. And we're talking Gilligan's Island quicksand. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. not that weird quicksand that I see that, like, what happened to quicksand in the world of comedy? Used to use it every week. Like another another group of people getting stuck in quicksand. I remember on Laverne and Shirley for some reason they went to the La Brea tar pits and sort of they got into some quicksand. No, but it was like the same joke. They were just somebody was trapped in something they couldn't get out of in the tar pits and that and banana peels are making the comeback. Banana peels in the face. I've said know. that for yep, years. Yep. Comedy's lost its way, and soon it'll be rakes and pies and quicksand. Quicksand might be coming back. Man, it was a Sherwood Schwartz guarantee. Didn't one of the Bradys get stuck in quicksand? Like there was, it was almost a necessity in sitcoms in the seventies that quicksand showed up. Probably they went to Hawaii. Yeah, probably one the of them. Tiki got and all that stuff. In, yeah, well, that idol. I tell you what, I still have dreams. <laughs> but yeah, so the bees are out there and they attack some lady and she stuffed her kids in a car. And the only thing that I enjoyed about that was, uh, and hey, look, I'm not saying anybody deserves to get attacked by a swarm of bees, but if you are out with your kids on a Saturday afternoon doing photo shoots. I kind of root for you to get f- up by a bunch of bees. I just, I just, uh, the photo shoot family. Ugh. Saw a lot. I uh, saw two or three this weekend. People are way too into into themselves. To, like people want to see photos of them all the time. Nobody wants to see photos of you, I, especially your kids. Yeah, you, they just make fun of them. They just go through your Facebook page and make fun. You got a ring light out in the middle of the day, and you're. You and your ugly kids are standing in front of some sign you found that you had nothing to do with building. It's all just, just an egocentric, weird nightmare to have. And I love when people dress up and everybody's dressed the same in the photo, like they're some sort of a, you know, a family band that they're about to hit the road. The DeFrancos. Yeah, it's just it, yeah, it's just the weirdest. So in a way, you know, your activities, you going out in the desert to take family photos and sprawl, you know, Caden and Jaden and and uh, Maddie, Braden. Maddie and other Braden and Maddie, Maddie Jr., Maddie the third, and you want to just have them all on the ground while you stand behind them in some elegant gown. That kind of rude for you to get stung by a bunch of bees. 
That and taking pictures of your food. If, if bees were, like, maybe bees are looking around going, what's wrong with these arrogant assholes? Let's get a few of them. If bees could hang around restaurants and the second somebody whips their iPhone out and starts to take a picture of their eggs and a bunch of bees just attacked them, I'd be like, good. Nice job, bees. But they're unpredictable. Photo people. There was a guy on the bike thing. Every five minutes was stopping, selfieing. Like, enough. You're alone, for God's sakes. I mean, how many pictures of you do you need? Out here busting my ass. I'm kicking ass, everybody, and you're not. Tell Josh to keep riding. Yeah. Let's go, Bob. <laughs> yeah, unless it's for, yeah, unless it's for like, promotional purposes. Yeah. Or you're actually going to make some money off of it. I don't get it. I, I'm, I'm lost on this world. Uh, and then, of course, we had our weekend of uh, sports. And people will talk about the Suns a little bit. Uh, but if you were a, a sports fan this weekend, we had football, we had uh, baseball, basketball, and hockey all weekend long. All of it. You turned on any of your favorite sports-related channels, you were going to find a sport of choice. You had the draft, which was outstanding. And Cardinal fans, you can rejoice in the fact that this wasn't sexy, but it was purposeful and future. Uh, it, it was looking forward. It was uh, They did the right thing by saying, hey, let's look down the road at making a better team rather than just acting like we're a player or two away. Good job by the new GM. And it's time that we, I guess it's just really a relief for Cardinal fans and people who live here to see that the general manager wasn't a drunken boob like the last one has been since day one. Uh, and uh, that they seem to actually kind of get something going. That was pretty impressive. Well done. Although the drunken boob showed up. I don't know if anybody saw that. He did. Steve Kime went on some podcast after all that's happened and had the nerve to start acting like he knows what he's doing as a GM. And he's like, uh, yeah, Cardinals made a nice move there, got themselves an offensive lineman. That should keep their little quarterback happy. Like, you drafted the <laughs> guy, you jerk. That's your legacy, you idiot. He started to make fun of Kyler like he had nothing to do with it. That was your choice. You absolute, dumb as a thumb, stick in the mud piece of no, it wasn't. There's yes. no way he remembers that. Well, he doesn't remember. That's why he said little quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't remember Kyler's name. He was too drunk. There's no possible way you can be that dumb to sit and make fun of your biggest failure as a general manager. As a, you had the number one. Yeah. The year after you blew the team up in the first place by hiring a coach you ended up firing in a year, drafting Josh Rosen, you dumb and then going, well, well, now we're the worst team in football, thanks to all the moves I've made. And we get the number one pick, and I got to keep my job. And you draft Kyler Murray and ruin him with a bad coaching choice. I mean, ruin him. And then go on a podcast and act like it was Kyler's fault. You dumb f- Steve Kime. Shh. That's what I'll say to you. Shh. Was he Time to shut up and go back to rehab. Was he calling from rehab or the party yeah. bus? Uh, yeah, I don't know if he, he zoomed in from rehab. I don't know if he zoomed in from a bar where he was harassing someone. He was I don't on know. a burner phone. <laughs> most most certainly on a burner phone. That was how he's getting his connections. But man, the nerve of that dude to go out and even take a subtle little shot. What a piece of sh- he turns out to be. And again, not to brag, but you heard it here first. I've been saying he's a piece of sh- for years, and everybody's like, oh, you got to be nice to him. No, I don't. You don't. At all. Yeah, it was pretty great, though. Cardinals, I, credit where credit's due, and the Cardinals did a, uh, a nice thing. Good job. Heat that the coach, head coach is getting his, a couple of 
uh, journalists were crying that he did not speak to anybody after oh, the, the, draft the coach for three days. That's fine. It's in the twelve drafts that I've covered. Right. This has never happened. Good, good. You're, you're not owed anything. He didn't cry about it, and he probably should have talked to the media. He probably should have said something. Yeah, most do. Almost all of them do. The fans want to hear from it more than anything else. I spent hours this weekend watching assistant coaches talk about the Steelers' picks. I was watching Terrell Austin talk about Joey Porter and talk about uh, everybody that they picked up. Uh, Even Trice, their seventh-round pick from Purdue. I'm like, I don't want to know about that guy. Watched You want to hear from the coaches. So they didn't. It's their choice. I'm sure you'll hear enough. But yeah, this, that was a good move. Cardinals made, you know, unsexy. We're not ready for next year picks. Uh, we're building something. I, I credit. First time I've been in my however many years the Cardinals have been here experience, I've always said their biggest mistake was they always thought they were one player away from being good. They always thought, ah, we're so close. And they've been close a couple of times. But for their 30 plus year existence here, most of the time they've needed to be forward thinking. First time I've seen them do it. It was a great move. Good, they've been chasing chase drafts. I don't know what they've been doing. I don't know what like they, they know what they've been doing. Yeah, they, I don't know that they they've always thought, ah, eh, we're a quarterback away, or we're one big you know impact player away." What they needed to do is what they did: draft linemen, and you know a couple of guys who you're like, "This guy can help our special teams." Unsexy picks. Good work, Cardinals. Nice job. And you had probably uh, the most under the radar. Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson type event that happened yesterday. And nobody pays attention because it's so hard to follow hockey here because the Coyotes are so hard to watch. But the Boston Bruins, Game 7 yesterday, this team won 65 regular season games. They lost 12 times. Since October, they have lost 12 games. Ten days ago to yesterday, they lost four. They lost 25% of the games they lost all season in 10 days to Florida, who was the best team in hockey last year. And it was an unbelievable overtime. Goodbye, Boston. And I'll tell you, man, I'm not, I, I've never pretend to be a guy who follows hockey through and through. It's just too hard to do. Like, you'd have to dedicate so much time and money to try to find a, you know, if, if the Coyotes were good, it would be easier. They're just not. So you got to watch good hockey. You got to find it, and it's a, it's a struggle. There's enough competition in sports that I don't need to go search for it. But watching a team from Boston fall from the top, I think it could be high lie or dominoes or whatever. Anything to see those fat Bostonian women swallow their hearts on TV is worth it. God, that was great yesterday when Florida put that goal in. And the, you just saw a crowd of Southies just so sad. Oh, just so sad and so ugly and and just just wallowing in their own feces, realizing they have to go, they have to leave that arena now and go back to their ugly little houses with their ugly little wives and their ugly little lives and be Bostonians again was so satisfying. It, there's it, since. I don't think over ten thousand Mark Wahlbergs. Oh, they, oh, they all. Tucked. I don't even want to go to Wahlbergers. <laughs> Straight home. <laughs> Get in the car. We don't got a car. Get in the car, then. Oh, it was great. Just so sad, and it reminded me of the eighteen and zero Patriots losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl, and you're just like, this might be my favorite non-fan moment in sports history of. 
I just, and again, I think that hate is better in sports than love. You can get great satisfaction out of your team winning, but you get more satisfaction when your rival eats on TV or somebody. When the Patriots ate it on TV, there, I mean, I've, I've never experienced a more. I've watched the Steelers win several Super Bowls, been to a couple, and it's great. Nothing compared. Nothing compared to the Patriots eating live on on uh, 18 and 1 is my favorite moment in football. Throw away the house money that I could retire on in Super Bowls with my Steelers. Throw it away. Nothing compares to watching the Patriots perfect season go up in flames off of the greatest catch of of just the best things that could happen. I get so much more joy out of the the agony of defeat for someone else than I do the thrill of victory. It is so much better this way. So watching Boston fall again last night, now Boston's got the greatest football season of all time that amounted to nothing and the greatest hockey season of all time that amounted to nothing. If we get the Red Sox to win 121 games one year and then just pile a first round Bostonian fat wangs right into their throats, oh my God! The Celtics have done it, but they've got so many. They, they Again, they're playing championship house money for life, too, because they've won so many. But just that greatest moment of all time, just like strutting it. You like, you, I don't think people realize losing 12 times. It's like, you know, when... That's uh, a hell of a season. When Golden State lost to Cleveland. And they had nine losses on the whole year. And they didn't win the championship. It's a failed year. They asked that of uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo last week. He's like, do you think this season's a failure? And he's like, no, it's not. Yes, it is. It's a huge failure when you're the number one seed. and you, The Suns last year? Last year. Huge Suns, failure. Huge failure. Not an accomplishment. Uh, not something to grow on. Massive, blown opportunity. So, Bostonians, Bruins fans, I hate to kick you right in the gut, but <laughs> great stuff watching you guys cry. All this happened when they let Tommy go. Yeah, Tommy. So Tommy, we didn't lose championships when Tommy lived here. Goes Where? to Tampa. Gotta get bring Tommy back. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I enjoy that a lot. A lot. And then the Kraken make Coyote fans feel bad because, what are they, four months old? And they just won their first playoff series and they barely alive and greatest uniforms in hockey. We got Toledo walking in the building this morning. Go Kraken! He's a Seattle guy. He's jumping on. And people say jump got on the Chinese jersey in the mail it'll, already. Yeah, it'll be a big kind of <laughs> oddly, oddly shaped S that maybe looks more like an R, but still. <laughs> big whoop. They have uh, you know, people like, oh, jump on the bandwagon. You don't have a choice. They weren't even a thing six months ago. Sports was incredible this weekend. Every second of the day, you could turn on TV and find something outstanding. And that leads us to the Suns on Friday. Now, this was a this was a catastrophe. And it was a DeAndre Ayton catastrophe. He is now an internet joke, which is funny. That was uh, the the I, I guess I guess everyone heard me screaming in my house. He's just standing the f- out of bounds. He's not doing anything. And the next day, all over Twitter, I wasn't alone evidently in noticing that DeAndre Ayton spent a good portion of a few plays Standing out of bounds. I'll post that on our Facebook Not page. Not participating. I want to get in Katie's way. Oh, I let Katie work. When people say, "Do 
It wasn't in KD's way. It was a rebound on the Denver end. I know. KD wasn't there. Tory Craig. Let him go to work. Tory Craig ripped the rebound out. Yes, on offense, he needs to move out and let KD go to work. When the ball is bouncing around on the rim, nobody's working. He stood where a seven-footer should stand, outside, away from the play, because you have no advantage. You can't help. (laughs) The the best thing you can do when uh, Nikola Jokic and Torrey Craig are fighting for a rebound is move. Torrey's only got a six-inch disadvantage to that situation. Let Torrey and and Nikola, it seems like they seem to be scrapping. And there were, if you read my texts... With my friend Chris that we go back and forth during the game. I'm like, how many times do I have to watch DeAndre Ayton stand on that Coinbase logo and watch the action happen and then realize, oh, yeah, you can see it that DeAndre Ayton goes, oh, right, the game. It happens eight, ten times a half where he's just standing in no man's land and then something sparks in his head to go, you better start playing. There's like four-second gaps where the guy becomes a spectator. It's ridiculous. He's now, a motor. Remember, he's well, a motor. He is, he's, he's a Tesla motor. And evidently, it's a red light, and his auto drive is like, we can't do anything. I can't even <laughs> hit the gas. This thing won't go. He is dominating the view of the front row because he's standing in front of other spectators. But he became an internet joke. And I don't know why everybody plays kid gloves. 14.7 rebounds is absolutely f- Awful from a center of his size and ability in a game where you've got to score. Uh, Joker had 13 and 14 in the first half, and it was a bad half for him. Now, granted, he's the MVP, but you drafted this idiot, number one, to build a franchise. About. Like, he was the cornerstone. And it's he your fault as well, Terrible. John. I, I, I you, told you. you. I said, hey, look, and again, I stand by my logic. Nine times out of ten, a Seven-foot black man named DeAndre is your first choice over a six-foot, nine-inch, doughy, white, 19-year-old named Luca. I would, I would do it again today. If you, if you erased my memory and said, all right, first choice in uh, basketball, seven-foot uh, specimen of a human being, black guy named DeAndre, or that fat white guy over there. It looks a little bit, I'm like, he's 19, he's already fat. In three years, this kid's going to be a blob. That's big country, too. Give me DeAndre, the giant uh, African-American superstar. I was you wrong. You haven't learned from if there's a last name and it ends itch, you go oh, for that. Oh, always take a bitch. Got to take an yeah. itch or a bitch, yeah. Bogdanovich. But, it's, it's, but his is Donchich is not Bogdanovich. You take a bitch over an itch. Got the lines over the seas. You keep a gander on it. But you also look at him and go, fat at 19. I'm not picking that. And you can, you can, odds of getting burned were like so slim. Who knew? But DeAndre is, I mean, there are, I wasn't alone. I, I, I have, I, you know, it's a cliche to say, oh, I, I jumped off my couch. I quite literally got off my couch and shouted at the TV, what the f are you doing? Multiple times in that game against Denver because if they ever needed him to play, Full heart, full effort. It was Friday when Denver was unbeatable. Denver wasn't losing that game. So Suns fans, you can sit back and go, oh, the Suns should have done this, the Suns should have done that. So they weren't going to lose. Jamal Murray was having a Michael Jordan night. They weren't going to lose. Tonight, they better get it together. And I hope to God somebody on that Suns staff has the brain to say, we're going to plop DeAndre on the bench because we don't have much of a bench, and we're going to start busy in his attitude. 
And maybe he'll have six fouls in the first four minutes and no points, which is very possible. Hide his weed. But, oh, no. Yeah, then he'll just be a baby. I don't know what. You just can't do anything with this. At five and a half years, you just learned he's nothing. But busy get out there and, like, give you a little attitude at least. Maybe bang into these guys a little bit. And then bring DeAndre off the bench for his 14 points and seven rebounds. Take something from him that where he can't sit in front of the press and act like everything's going great. Bench him in the playoffs. I know it sounds radical and knee-jerk, but so's Monty's rotation, so it doesn't matter. We got no bench? Build a bench. Start it with that big, giant nothing. And maybe it'll motivate him to go out and go, I gotta, I'm not playing. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I don't know if you can embarrass him. He doesn't seem to, ah, uh, he doesn't seem to get it. They removed that tweet. They did? Yeah. I've got it. I'll send it right to you. Uh, well, I, the link you sent yesterday is no good. Oh, it is? Yeah. That is gone? Yep. That doesn't seem fair. Try it again, but. Yeah, I will. But yeah, uh, there, and that was one of probably, that was the last time I screamed. And then I'm texting my buddy Chris. I'm like, did you see him just standing out of bounds while Joker and Tory Craig battled over, uh, you know, a rebound? And I mean, it was going up and coming back, and there were three or four tips, and they were fighting. Tory pulled it down. Tory got it. It was like a seven or eight second clip that he's just standing there. Just standing there. I mean, like missing. And that moment where he realizes, oh, God, I I could be helping. It was too late. He is a liability. Uh, There's certain times when you just have to do something about DeAndre. But, yeah, I still stand by the fact Friday night, doesn't matter if DeAndre was playing. In fact, he wasn't, didn't help uh, or not. Denver was going to win that game. And Denver is just a really quality team. Tonight, the Suns have to show up. This is what, And they may not win tonight because it's supposed to go 2-0 Denver right off the bat. And you may not win this, but you have to compete. They weren't competitive Friday. For one quarter, they looked good, but you could sense it. They shot 70% in the first quarter, and they were up one. I remember I, I was texting my buddy, same guy, and I'm like, look, that's not a good sign. If I was on the other side of this, I'd feel great. Like if you said, oh, the Suns, uh, you know, the Nuggets shot 70% and they're leading by one. They're not keeping that pace. We're going to whip their ass. That's yeah. exactly what happened. So tonight's the night. Booker, KD, can't ask for much more from them. But, man, you need something out of that giant loaf. And the whole city was shouting Friday. Oh, man. I haven't punted on a game in a long time, but I was awfully close in the fourth quarter to go, well, what else is on? But I sat through the whole goddamn thing. We're going to talk to Kevin Ray this morning at 8.30. Uh, Suns announcer to try to calm down the Suns fans. I did have an awful lot of friends who thought the Suns lost and they were mad at the Suns. There's a certain time when you just tip your cap to the opponent and go, That's, that was a better team tonight in a big way. There uh, had to be an uptick of sales the next day for TVs. Oh, because throwing stuff? Yeah. yeah. Between what happened, if you're a Suns and Bruins fan this weekend, you ruined a lot of electronics. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> and probably got beat by your giant, fat Bostonian wife. They always say domestic violence is a problem after sports, but in Boston, it's usually the guy that takes the brunt of it because that fat, ugly woman of his with that horrible accent hitting him with phone books and... Ugly tchotchkes that rest on doilies because they, they usually live in their dead parents' home and they never redecorate. That's Bostonian up and down. You go to like a 28-year-old Bostonian's house and you're like, all this stuff looks so old. You got it when your mom and dad died, didn't There's you? There's at least 600 <laughs> tweed couches on yeah, the curb yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, chucked in half, yeah. You broke all your grandma and mother's uh, hummels. 
all those weird old wooden picture frames that you've replaced, you know, pictures of you with with pictures of your baby. The wallpaper, the, the old, the old ugly wallpaper is still there, but now it's blood soaked, and it's traditionally blood soaked. Your father, his father before him, all of them have blood all over there from the big fat ugly Bostonian wives beating them. Oh, Boston, what a gross town! The Tucson of the Northeast. Just a hideous beast of a town. With a hideous beast of a clientele. The women there are gross. You watch Cheers? You know the why? The Freedom Trail was quiet. You know why Cheers is one of the greatest shows of all time? It was it was based in Boston, and only one person in that bar that was there every week had the accent, and they made him the biggest asshole in the bar. Cliff Clavin <laughs> was the most annoying human being in the world because even people writing the show were like, eh, it's in Boston. Should we have more Bostonians? And we're like, no. Make the one we've got intolerable. Oh, yeah, that'll resonate with everyone, and it did. It's the greatest TV show ever because it was so perfectly cast. Perfect. He was worse than even Carla. They made her a New Yorker, which is even better. The Dominating video is posted now it on is, our Facebook yeah. page. So Dominating. You guys haven't seen it. Yeah, we'll talk, though, about that, because everybody needs to get off the ledge. It's a seven-game series. I don't think anybody saw this thing going, you know, sun, 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 suns. I didn't, I, it was going to be an erratic mess. And tonight, the suns can prove their value, or walk out there, and Denver will show them, hey, we're the number one seed for a reason, and... And kick the crap out of them. All I can tell Suns fans is, remember last year when the first two games, the Suns just beat the f*** out of Dallas? And they'd beaten them 15 straight games, and you walked into Dallas thinking, this is easy. We've got this. We'll probably win this in five. Maybe six. Might steal two. But this game, this series with Dallas is over. And Dallas said, no, it's not. And not only that, we figured you out. And then beat them by 40 twice. That's very possible in a, in a round two series. It's all about adjustments and everything else. So everybody who's ready Money's to jump Money's due up. for something like that. And this, hey, look, that guy's on a little bit of a, what's going on with you? Like, Monty is, Monty's had the this golden... Gotta, these, this is where it's got to happen. The golden glow has been on him for a couple of years. And last year was like, all right, maybe through adversity you're not that great a coach. This playoff series, season, whatever he's got going on, they're trying to make excuses for him because the team hasn't played together very much and their bench is nothing. And it, this rotation might be a bigger problem than the bench is nothing. Landry Shamit for 20 minutes again? Why? Anyway, I'll scream at my TV at home tonight, but I'm getting a little bit out of my system now. And I'm saying everything you guys are saying. My emails, my texts, everything explodes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go through my emails this morning and see Friday night's texts will all be like, this guy f- sucks! And I'll just be I'll just out of the blue, somebody yelling at me about what they're seeing. But we all take a breath. Reassess. You got your ass kicked Friday. It's there's a lot of rounds in this fight. You're not out yet. You don't get knocked out in one game. So come back, fight round two a little stronger. It's a seven round fight if you make it right. So you try to you know show Denver that yes, you had a good night tonight. We can do the same. Booker needs to play better. KD was ridiculously good. So we'll see. But Suns fever is everywhere, and I'm part of it. And I'm going to throw up all over the place if that happens again. But Jamal Murray did this in the bubble a couple of years ago. And if he stays that hot, then just say, you know what, Denver's the better team and walk away. But DeAndre Ayton has played himself right out of town. There is no way that the second the Suns season ends without a championship where that phone is not being just utilized to trade his big, worthless, dominating ass somewhere else. 
is promoting his clothing line more than he is. I mean, Dominating. I swear to God, if I see anyone wearing Dominating gear, I might go fully just crazy and run you down with my car. I mean, if you... Happy oh. birthday, bro. Later this summer. Oh, yeah. No, as a joke <laughs> gift. As a joke gift, hilarious. If I ever wear it, run me over with your car. You see me walking around wearing dominating clothes, giving that idiot my time. No. Run me the f*** down. Or, you know, and you know, the, the problem will be is it'll be easy to run me over because if I'm anything like him, I'll be standing in the road doing nothing. Just be like, I'll, I'll be asking for it. There goes another dominator. <laughs> There's another guy. Who is he wearing a dominating jersey? Yeah, he's standing in the road. He just got trucked. He, he didn't know what he was doing. Just standing in the middle of nowhere. Looking around like, where's the ice cream? Idiot. The frustrations mount. That's what the playoffs do. Oh, baby. Uh, it's 6-16. We'll talk to K. Ray, the other voice of the Phoenix Suns, and uh, have him try to calm us all down. Although I will say through text with Kevin, he's nowhere near as uh, rosy as uh, you'd think he would be. Or like he, He'll play the broadcaster card this morning and be like, everybody calm down. And, no. and Kevin is like, what the f*** is going on with that idiot? But he's not going to play that game. Maybe it was me screaming that to him and him saying, I know, I know. But I, I heard it. His, he, I heard his frustration, too. He threw at least three jugs of Nutrigenics at that TV. Oh, yeah. No, he and Frank Thomas were wrestling the TV off the wall. And she liked it, too. <laughs> uh, give us the wake-up song. It's a reset day. Now, we've got it all out of our system for Friday. A game the Suns weren't going to win anyway. Tonight's the night. We try again. 585-9800. That's the phone number. Grumpy Bitter Phoenix, and we'll be all right. We'll scream it together. It's 98 KUPD. Wake up! Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. KUPD. Holmberg's morning sickness. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself? He's evil! Sitting right here. Come on. No, no, he's not, he's not evil. He's just a bit rude. 98 KUPD. Beautiful. Thank you, Alliance. Uh, glorious. I was looking at a map yesterday. They're talking about, uh, I was watching a little a little uh, board. And actually, your fault, Brett. Brett's fault. Brett texted me at like 11.30 at night on <laughs> Friday and goes, Samsung TV, channel 1201, or 1241, now yeah. that I've learned it. Yeah. Peter Pellegrino, Kitchen Nightmares. The greatest television show ever, ever oh, of all time. It's amazing. It is up there. Peter Pellegrino's version of Kitchen Nightmares is why we liked the show in the first place. So Brett texted me at like, Midnight, we're watching, we're texting back and forth on, and there were two of them going at once. Yeah, the other station had another kitchen nightmares, and it was just Twink Village, and it was the 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 best part of the show. I forgot how good that show was at first before it got all phony. Yeah, but they had this insanely flamboyant hostess slash manager at this place in L.A. who couldn't stop sweating, and Gordon just kept looking at him and goes, "Oh God, stop touching, stop touching the customers," because he would touch them. Oh. His sweaty wet poems. And then he put the menus under his arm. And when he lifted his arm, it was just Moist. a rice. Moist. It was a rice field. It was Vietnam. And he put it, oh, God, he's putting the, and it was authentic. Like Gordon, oh, God, he's, he's putting the menus under his arm. And the sweaty armpits. What are you doing, Mark? I'm just trying to help the customers. Stop touching them with your sweaty, gross hands. I get so excited, Gordon. Stop touching the people. And when he shook hands with him initially, ew, sweaty wet hands. Like, first thing he said to him, like, yeah. <laughs> but watching that, so then at the end of it, I'm flipping around and Arizona Highways was on. That TV show with Robin Sewell. And they were in Safford. And that show almost sold me on a trip to Safford. I'm like, and then oh. I had to, what am I thinking? 
<laughs> like for a few seconds, I'm like, I should have a weekend trip to Safford. <laughs> nope. But uh, when I looked it up on the map, I realized you go through San Carlos and all I thought was our friends in Alliance and how far their trip was to win that damn Playdio last year. So we appreciate you, Alliance. That's very impressive because that's a long haul. Yeah, I was... It was middle of the night. That had to be it. Just laying there thinking. And, and I'm still, you know, a little dopey on some allergy meds. So I'm sitting there uh, watching going, Sanford seems like a nice I trip. I think I'm going to go. Sometimes, suddenly I'm a 78-year-old. That seems like a nice trip. We'll get the RV and we'll, we'll roll over to Sanford for the weekend. <laughs> Never. That is not anyone's destination. And I was impressed because they had some guy on there who painted a mural on the side of a building. And now they've got like 70 of them. We're known for our murals, and I'm looking online. I'm like, that, that's a, what a quaint little town. I think I'll head over. <laughs> what the f*** wrong with you? Half hour of looking at murals, and you're oh, gone. Yeah, there's eight buildings in the whole city. I'm like, oh, my God, they made it seem so much bigger. And then they showed a pretty lady, and she runs some sort of a, a store called Copper and Cotton, and they just, and I'm like, yeah, like I said, no, it was like 15 people selling their local wares. I'm like, why am I going to go there? And some idiot made a belt in Safford and is trying to sell it to other Saffordonians. Then you can have some cactus for lunch. Tells you about the power of TV, though. Because they almost sold me Safford. In fact, they did. It took it took me kind of hitting the reset button internally to go, John, hey, wake the f*** up. What are you doing? Safford's nobody's destination. You're not going to Safford. you got m- money to spend. Go to Vegas again. Have fun up there. Don't go to Safford. Robin Sewell sucked you in. She did. Uh, and all the residents of Safford seemed like, this seems like we go to a little pub, hang out with the people of local flavor. Like, yuck, I hate local flavor. <laughs> local flavor. And you caught it at the perfect time at night. Oh, middle of the night. open for the... Bored. You know what? It is time yeah. to do something like this. Might as well have been on mushrooms. <laughs> so they're staring at the TV going, that looks awesome, man. Nope, it didn't. I'm going to order that sword. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. I had my DeAndre Ayton moment where I was just off in the clouds, <laughs> imagining fun. Oh, wait. There's a game going on. I better get back out there. Oh, you people hate that DeAndre Ayton. The, the, the city has turned on him. And I want to start hearing some. Uh, I'll tell Kevin Ray that when he calls. Honest analysis from like Shaquille O'Neal at the end of the game. Ayton had a pretty good game. No, we didn't. 14 and 7 is not good. And start, like, there's never been a time where Shaquille O'Neal stood around. Even when he was old and fat and couldn't run anymore, you'd still get some effort out of his seven or eight minutes. It was useless effort, but you never, ever accused him of being aloof or missing. Oh, Aiden. Oh, you bastard. Did Chuck call him out? No. No one did. They, the, for some reason, DeAndre Aiton is being treated with kid gloves. Like nobody ever said, and the internet's not treating him that way. They're yeah. crushing him, and he's getting a little. Eh, he's trouble. But I talk to people in in sports radio. I talk to people, Murata and those guys. They'll go after him a little, but the the true hatred of him never comes out. Where it's for some reason anybody else on a team that does what he's doing would just get. Dist- I mean, they go after Chris Paul harder than they do DeAndre. Just because he's not a dick, or is it just? I mean. I don't or know. It doesn't come off maybe the phone. Maybe he's the nicest guy in the world, maybe. <laughs> nope. Too dumb to be that nice. You get, no, he's not. And when they ask him, you proof that he's not that great a guy is that he will self-promote and he just doesn't get it. When he was when he was dancing and had his phone on the floor for the last game with the Clippers and everybody else is warming up and he's doing, you know, the gritty and he's got his phone in his hand and he's switching songs in his 
And there he is doing the cootie walk. And you're like, all right, DeAndre, grab a goddamn ball and play. I don't know. That guy. Tonight, he's got a lot of redeeming to do against the MVP of the league. And if that doesn't fire you up to sit back and say, you know what, I'm not as good as this guy, but I could be. If it doesn't fire you up to stand next to the the two-time, maybe three-time-in-a-row MVP of basketball and say, this is my time to show up. People will notice me if I make a good showing against him. Nope. Nothing changes. He plays the same way every night. Nothing motivates him. Nothing. I've been saying it for years. Weed, video games, and mangoes. That's all this guy cares about. And I don't know if taking him away would make him better. I think he'd just quit and go where the weed, video games, and mangoes are. If you said, all right, you can't have weed, video games, and mangoes well, during the season, he'd be like, I quit. I'm going to go back home to, you guys are giving me enough money where I can go back to the Bahamas and play video games and smoke weed and eat mangoes. Anyway, enough about him. We'll talk about that later when Kevin Ray joins us. Uh, one thing I did enjoy this weekend is that uh, some drag queens started saying some real sensible stuff about uh, transgender things. Like, they got real, yeah. like, Republican about it. This, uh, Paul Stanley, who I'm pretty sure made his whole career being a drag queen, right? Tons of makeup, long hair, sort of sissy outfits, girly songs. Makes that comment at the end. Paul Stanley says, uh, and is getting a little heat for it, uh, says some things about uh, gender reassignment being wrong for kids. And when you look at it, you're like, why does anybody care what Paul Stanley says about anything except for it's the hot topic of transgender nonsense, so it's a gotcha moment for one side and a you know, Bud Light sucks moment for the other. So a man in loads and loads of mime makeup with crazy long hair uh, looks a lot like a woman to me. Sounds like an old Jewish woman on stage to me. Uh, you know, has gone on and said that gender reassignment for kids is wrong and dangerous. And what he says when you read it, you're like, "Yep, that's a good opinion." There are people who are trying to <laughs> cancel Kiss, which won't happen. Which like, Kiss can't be a it, it, look. If the transgender community can't get behind Kiss, they seem pretty. I don't know. Open to draggery since the day they started. Oh yeah. Like they were the first. Like when I think drag queen stuff, they're on the list. I know they weren't dressed as women, but, but damn it all, if that wasn't hard to tell right away. Church tried to shut them down back in the day because they were girly. They were androgynous. Well, they, they were, were worried. I mean, well, there's uh, that factor. And well, the, the factor, Satan part, yeah, knights exactly. in Satan service. The, the church thing. They've never, covered all the bases. Right. They've they've pissed off everybody on purpose. You know, David Bowie tried it, Alice Cooper tried that androgynous kind of, maybe we're women, maybe we're, you don't know, maybe we like makeup. When it wasn't a it thing. It sold records? It, Let's right. do it. It was a, it was a show. Uh, and, but they've kind of been the ones on the forefront of like dudes putting makeup on and doing their hair and being flamboyant and crazy. And well, now they're coming out uh, where Paul Stanley says something about gender reassignment and suddenly people are furious. But what he said was dead right. I mean, there's a... He really has a great point where he says the big difference is teaching between teaching acceptance and normalizing and even encouraging participation in a lifestyle that confuses young children into questioning their sexual identification as through some sort of game. And then parents, in some cases, allow it. There's individuals who, as adults, may decide reassignment is their needed choice. But turning this into a game or parents normalizing it as some sort of natural alternative or believing that 
because a little boy likes to play dress up in his sister's clothes or a girl and her brothers, we should lead them steps further down a path that's far from the innocence of what they're doing. Uh, boy, is that well said? Yep. And uh, incredibly poignant and uh, expresses an opinion. And remember when that was okay? Well, it's not. we got to cancel that Paul Stanley and kiss, which I'm torn. Like, I'm not for cancel culture, but if we could eliminate kiss from doing things, I'm kind of on board with whoever's, like, if the... If a bunch of kids who want to switch genders are mad at Kiss and it makes them stop, uh, something's got to stop them, so I'm I'm with the kids. This is a hard one for me. Paul Stanley made a ton of sense, but there's a bunch of people that kind of want to make him go away now. I agree with both sides. I'm, I'm like, stuck dead center in this argument because, boy, I'd like to see Kiss go away. But when Kiss starts making a ton of sense, it's hard not to argue that, like, this guy's right. First time you've ever agreed with anybody in that band, I'm sure. I've, I've agreed with Gene Simmons for years, which is, where the money is, go get it. And don't have anyone <laughs> and question. Always- yeah, just, I want the cash. I mean, that, that's, that's been the same message. That has never changed, and he's never veiled it under, like, we're authentic or anything. Nope, it's been a show since they sold the dolls. They were everywhere. In the 70s and 80s, like you couldn't, the early 80s, you couldn't move. And there wasn't a Kiss merchandise something or other close to you. Uh, he's, he's a genius when it comes to that. And their songs are so bad that he sold us garbage. I mean, they're the modern. They were Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift. They were average at best. The show made up, you know, early on for years, made up for sure. the songs. Barely. Uh, and for people who were easily entertained. I mean, that was really just... It was a lot of fire. That's basically what they yeah. did. They were, they were the first brave ones to throw fire constantly. Fire, blood. Oof. Blew. But they were Taylor Swift of the 70s. Like, yeah, these guys aren't very good, but for some reason they're selling the hell out of themselves, and I'm buying it. Selling a party, man. Yeah. Whatever they were selling, we bought. Taylor Swift is... I don't know what she's selling, but she does a good job of it because, boy, oh, boy, her music's average. And she's average. And Kiss Those couldn't body. be... Yeah, average about everything. Kiss is the same way. Bunch of average everything, but they put on this weird little show where you're like, I think maybe they're good. So uh, much that Tay-Tay got the Ray reviews from J.J. Watt. He went and saw her. Sure, sure, because it's just, it's harmless, and there's nothing about it that'll make you go, I don't like this. It's nursery rhymes. I mean, who walks away going, I hate nursery rhymes? It's, and she looks just good enough to make you wonder, and then you see her up close, and eh, boring, nothing. Kiss is the same way. Kiss is like, oh, that's an interesting... Eh, is it interesting or is it just... Eh, eh, it was okay. And you walk away like, eh, I think I like that. I'm pretty sure I like that. And everybody else loses their minds. So I'm like, yeah, that was good. But I like that Paul Stanley, uh, the leader of the drag, you know, people. Yeah, his uh, final comment, he says, naturally reactions are varied. Uh, backlash by some, praise oh, by others. Uh, that's not his comment. That's what TMZ wrote at the end. That's theirs. That's oh, I thought he was, no, no, he was no. closing his message out no. by saying the irony. No, that's the long time seemed kind of drag friendly. Kiss no, did. That's the last sentence of the article, which is the, the author saying, "Yeah, you know, he's this, he's that." It's gonna, and it did. Some people are gonna support him, but boy, they go after anybody who says you can't. Boy, that, it seems like such an easy argument to say you shouldn't cut your your kids' genitals off too early. <laughs> that just seems there's some patience involved in that, I think. You know, and if your parents grow are, a little more, you just let them think about it. You know, you're not allowed to vote till you're 18 because we don't trust you. 
to make good decisions until you're around 18. After 18, it's like, you want to cut off your junk? That's fine. Mom and dad should be there for you. Or how about a driver's license? You know, 16 is a driver's license age, and you have to anticipate that. So if you want to cut your jennies off, and you're like, I'm a defi- I'm definitely the other sex, we're like, all right, that 16th birthday's coming up. You can it, it, build to it. A 12, 13-year-old kid who's starting to think, yeah, I think I want to get rid of these. You're like, all right, all right. Well, for your 16th birthday, we can look forward to that. Until then, just go go with what you got. It's devastating me mentally. No, it's not. You're fine. You think it is because everybody's telling you that. I like the old days when we kept all that stuff under wraps. <laughs> Back in the day when you knew that kid Jesse was uh, questioning a lot of things in his life, but he just had to show up and deal with adversity and figure his own path. Yes, yes. Oh, it causes a lot of trouble for a lot of people. But guess what? When you want to cut your own dick and balls off, you're going to have some mental things to deal with for your whole life. You better get used to it. You will marry a woman first before you make that decision. <laughs> right. And there were a few of those. See how that goes. <laughs> There's a few of those. In Congress, there's some guys who married some broads who were like, I did this for show. Your Uncle Jack, for God's sakes. Yeah. Laying down with yard guys because he's like, eh, that wife of mine. <laughs> She's got one of those half-cut tomatoes where her dick should be, and ugh, I don't want to do that. I'd rather blow a, I'd rather blow a yard man who's been out in the sun all day <laughs> than go down on that disgusting sewer. Yeah, plenty of that, and it was detrimental to people's well-being. But again, adapt and overcome. What happened to that? Nobody's kids adapt to anything anymore. They just get everything they want. Right down to the fact that if they don't want their genitals anymore, some parents are like, sure, let's look into it. I don't know how that works. I don't know how, I don't know how, my, like, my, my dad would have just been crazy. Emotional roller coaster when you're a teen? It's there. Who, oh, it's there. So you're, oh, you, you're asking to the them next? to draw the line right now? I don't want that. The next day, it's a different deal. <laughs> Give it some time. I'm, for a while there. When I wasn't growing and everyone else was, and I was tiny, I thought, maybe it's better to be a chick. I told my friends when we were 19 years old in my friend Joe Rouget's basement, and we'd spend about a year talking about how we're going to get laid, and none of us could. Not a one of us. And I said, boys, mark this date. I think it was the middle of August. One year from today, if we're in the same room making these same claims, I'm gonna go, we're all going to kick in and I'm going to get some put in. And I'm going to let you boys have at me because this is ridiculous. We are striking out at a, an unreasonable level. And so if, it, if in a year's time none of us can get laid again, we all put cans in. I'll be your volunteer and I'll just lay there and get effed all day long. That's ah, great. Taking one for the team. Taking one nice. for the boys because it didn't look good. Now, did I want to cut everything off and let them have at me that way? Give me two years on that one, because if it was still two years, and if you liked my upper deck too much. But it was sad. It was a sad state of affairs. Uh, this is from our, uh, this is always, he, he pops in. It's our trans listener, Aiden, who says, uh, speaking of gender reassignment for adolescents, my opinion, people under 18 should wait. Loads of pro therapists and counselors will say a transgender person, if they're uh, assured with their decision to change then they have to live their life as the opposite sex for over a year before any surgeries. But now it's so different. Everyone has an opinion, like John says, but like Brett would say, get over it. <laughs> Toughen true. up, buttercup. I don't know what it would be like 
to have to tell. I, I, I would even in today's modern times. I think if I wandered over to my dad and said, "Think about maybe cutting my gens off, adding a set of cans <laughs> after, after he's done bouncing me off all the walls." I always knew it. I knew it. Now don't don't think I don't love you. I just don't love you as much as I used to before you went crazy. Because this is definitely something a crazy person would have said to their father. But you should have the acceptance of your parents. No, you shouldn't. Not all the time. Sometimes your parents shouldn't accept what you're doing. That's why they're parents. They should tell you what you're doing is crazy. But we don't. Top surgery, this, that, hormones. I'm, I'm with Paul Stanley, I've never said in my life before. <laughs> Paul Stanley is right. What? What kind of world are we living in? Maybe that'll be his message. Some of the live shows now. Kiss Army, listen yeah, up. Yeah. Let everybody listen. Everyone listen to, to Paul right now. This is going to get good. Transcenders. Oh, boy. Here we go. Christine. Yeah. 16. Has a dick now. Isn't that weird? Song doesn't rhyme anymore. What the f*** happened? Uh... She's I, pristine. I saw this. Uh, I saw this, this. The most Australian man in the world. That needs to be a, an ad campaign. But the most Australian man in the world with the most Australian sounding name, which was Bodie Manny Risby Jones. <laughs> and that is so oh. Australian. He's named after like something in Australia that has to be surf related. Bodie. My name's Bodie Manny Risby Jones. And I, uh, he went to Indonesia. And the dude made a a major mistake. Got lit to the point where he's like, watch this, everyone. I'm taking my clothes off and running about Indonesia. (laughs) And he did it. Off property of the resort he's staying at. Yeah, running around outside of where it was acceptable to be in Australia. (laughs) Like, now now you're going to stick out. Look at me, Indonesians, you little micro people. I'm naked. This is what a fully grown man looks like with your four-inch dillies. So then he gets caught. And I watched his. I watched him. T- Took <laughs> out a fisherman. Oops, sorry. His apology. Oh yeah, he was knocking people down. Yeah. He was crushing folks. Injured him. So drunk, and people like, what the? What's going on? Look at there, you little micro man. Giant Aussie running through. Bodie Man I Risby Jones, <laughs> twenty three <laughs> years old. But his. But then his. I'm sorry. Was also the most Australian thing ever. Australians are almost Irish, only fun and fully grown. Like Irish people they, don't they drink drunk. like yeah. the Irish. They drink like the Irish, but they're yeah. confident in their bodies. So, like the Irish drink to escape what they look like, right? The Irish drink because they never made it to manhood. Like they're all five four, five seven. They're angry. They get taller when they drink. Yeah, they get taller <laughs> and stronger when they drink. Their whole point of drinking is to make up for what they don't to have. deal with the mud. Aussies do it, and they're super confident already. And then, boom! Incredible confidence and just and. It's like a whole nation with the giggles. They swim. They they get American more athletic. Rules. They get stronger. They're fun. They don't necessarily want to fight, but they will. Irish people just want to, like, they're drunk. It gives them courage. Australians get drunk, and they get real funny and, like, nuts. But then afterwards, the Irish and the Australian are very similar. When when And this only happens to those two countries when other nations make them apologize to an entire country <laughs> for what their behavior was. And he goes... To all I've disrespected and hurt, I'm truly sorry. Please forgive me. I've embarrassed all of Australia. I felt like not myself. Like I was possessed. He started to blame demons. 
It was the best. I felt like I wasn't myself, like I was possessed. Hopefully, whatever Indonesia is, if it's a continent or a country or whatever, I apologise to all of you. And I apologise to my homeland of Australia for being a, a national embarrassment. I, Bodie Manly Risby Jones, <laughs> just want to make it very clear that not Australians are represented by me. And again, good possibility I was possessed by one of your Indonesian gods. I have to say, though, the beer is fantastic up here. I had a f- great time. So we had to do this hat-in-hand apology to an entire country for banging into a bunch of little tiny the fishermen. magistrate. <laughs> Naked. Because <laughs> they were going to, like, cane him or something. Oh, I don't he know was... if he's cleared yet. Well, he's not. The, the apology You're was like... You're looking at 40 lashes and yeah. up to five years in prison. They kick your ass in Indonesia for wandering around being an embarrassment. Bodie Risby Jones <laughs> knows that now. And he woke up in an Indonesian jail cell in a diaper. What the hell happened last night? Where am I? You're in jail, big mouth! Huh? Oh, no. Did I get really drunk in Indonesia last night and run around nude? I've done that a few times in Adelaide. Seems to go better. In, in Australia, that happens. They just kind of stuff you in the back of a car and drive it's you on home. a walkabout. Yeah. I got, I got a little bit litty last night. Drove myself into a, a ditch. Yeah. Got stuffed into a cab and driven home. Everything's all right. I'll make an apology to the farmer whose mailboxes I ran down. Not in Indonesia. They're like, we're going to beat you with sticks that open you like the first, and we're going to hit you about 60 times with them. And then you're going to go to jail. An in, in, in Indonesian jail. No fun. They did that in Ireland. There'd be uh, nobody left. Oh, my God. If, I, if Ireland went to Indonesia, there'd be a war. <laughs> They're all way too small. It would be the smallest, but it would actually be kind of an adorable war. What were those, like, the, the Ewoks going at each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with uh, more hair. <laughs> what, the, uh, what were those little, little tiny robots when we were kids, those choking hazards, the micro oh, minis? Uh, or yeah. Oh, damn it. That's, that's what Indonesia and Ireland. Yeah, the micro machine cars. That's it. Yeah, micro yeah, yeah. machines. That was it. And then they started to introduce even smaller things that would fit on top of the micro machine. Like, everybody's going to choke to death. That was your biggest concern as a kid. Now it's cutting your dick and balls off. Back then it was whether or not I was going to choke on Legos or micro machines. But it's, micro machines would be Indonesia, which it's like, you know, they even have the word micronesia in some of it. And then uh, Ireland, if they ever got into a fight, it would be so cute. So cute. I got my money on Indonesia, though, because they'll keep it together. And people forget there's like a billion of them. Oh, Raid, Redemption. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. Look at all little Irishmen's Oh, Raiden. <laughs> Come on, that's Indonesia. You and your, your tall Indonesian ways. <laughs> Nobody ever call us tall. What's wrong with them? Ah, uh, you guys think you're so special with your height and your dark skin and your ability to be in the sun for more than eight or nine minutes. You sons of bitches. But they're like Popeye. You give them some Guinness, they oh, got superpowers. Man, they don't even need weapons. They're just, just an Irish boat full of Guinness and them. All right, soldiers, grab your weapons. Just a 12-pack. I'd like to watch that war. That would be a cute war, an adorable little war. They keep their boats inside of a bottle of Jameson. Yeah. Oh, be so cute. <laughs> they're all, all right, break open the boats. Well, I thought those were uh, ornamental. No, that's our army and our navy all together. <laughs> We jammed them into those little bottles. You guys fit in there? <laughs> By the loads, mate. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. it's fun to watch. But yeah, Australia fighting Indonesia, that would be over in five seconds. Just go over and start stepping on them like ants. 
There's nothing better than though than twenty three year old kid who realizes he's going to get caned to death for being Brutal. for having the time of his life. Hey, Bodie, I bet you would take your clothes off and run about Indonesia. Oh, that's a bit Alex said. You guys, and so, watch this. They said I, I wonder about that because they said um, lashing. Like, is lashing different from caning? It lashing like is a, a leather strap. That's what I thought. Caning is a, is a bamboo, is that bamboo stick, stick. Yeah. and it's split. I think the leather strap would be worse. Uh, uh, caning no? is yeah because they split the bamboo, so when it hits, it it makes V cuts. It's like a whip almost. Yeah, oh, except for it doesn't have any give. Yeah. So when it hits, it, it like I was because I saw it. I'm like, what are they going to do to him? And the caning's an option. I don't think they do it much though because it's like internationally the worst type of punishment. Lashings are still okay because they can hit you anywhere with them, like body shots. But uh, Reesby Jones, he sticks forty lashes. Don't go to a country that still use lashes. As a form of discipline, because that just, no matter what you're getting, just 40 times getting hit with anything. Wet leather strap, by the way, is what they hit you with. A wet, like, rawhide thing. And they just start cranking into you 40 times. Just because you got drunk and showed your big white dick to Indonesia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'd love to watch OP live in Indonesia and just let the Australian tourists loose. What do you got to video? Why is he in Indonesia is the question. Well, the only video I saw was him apologizing. And it is sad, but still funny. Because he just says, I embarrassed all of Australia. And all, Australia's like, no, you didn't. We do that every weekend. What you do? What the f*** are you doing in Indonesia, mate? We've got better beaches here. <laughs> How far is that from Australia? Probably just to hop over. Yeah. It's, it's north, just a little so bit it's north. It's got to be like a spring break. I mean, everything in, is far from Australia. But, yeah, it's like a f- probably four hours, five hours from, eh, maybe even a little bit less than that, from, like, the Gold Coast. you gotta, you got to hop a flight. Yeah. But it would be like going from... It's like us going to Mexico. New Mexico. I know. It's, it's better than that. <laughs> and nothing's good. Nothing's like that. But it. I'm you, saying... You that, couldn't swim there. you, you got to yeah. go from, like, you know... If you went from Sydney up there, it would be like going from South Carolina to Nova Scotia. It's up there a ways. Everything's far from Australia. It's a little bounce, though. Interrupt Australia or uh, Indonesia from Australia. We're going to have a great time. Don't do it again, Bodie. We're going back, mate. I can make that run. It would be a great movie, too. Bodie's run, where it's like his goal is to the first time he got there, he made it almost all the way to the other end of the resort before he got caught. Then Weekend with Bodie. Tell you right now, mate, we're going back to Indonesia. I can make those last 12 meters. I swear to God, I can do it. It's going to happen. And there you go, Bodie's run too. <laughs> All right, one more point. I'm going after it, and I'm going to make it to the other end. Bodie's chasing him. Yeah, <laughs> I am an FBI <laughs> agent. I have to stop you before this gets out of hand. <laughs> Look, I'll take 40 more lashes, or I'm getting to the other end here, mate. I'm sorry, I've embarrassed Australia again. Uh, Bodie's run has to be like an annual thing. Maybe there's some big waves in Indonesia. Oh, Indonesia has great beaches and beautiful spaces and all that. But Australia is absolutely amazing. And I guess because he's in Australia all the time, he's like, I need a change of scenery. But Where where did Johnny Utah and Bodie go for that monster wave? I think they were in Hawaii. uh, No, I think it was Australia. What, did they go down to Australia? Uh, They're down on the Gold Coast then. Plenty of places they need to surf. No, no, Bodie. Bodie surfs. There's no question about it. You name your kid Bodie. A surfboard should come out instead of placenta. 
Like Bodie surf. No doubt. He can't help it. Like, he's just drawn to the water. His name is Bodie, which means, and I think it's Indonesian for getting the water. Kirby has two Bodies on her face. Yeah, they both. They, I swear to God. They, it's like, uh, it's, you know, it's like in South Park when they gave Token the bass guitar and just said, you can play this. He's like, I've never, and then he just started going, like, oh, Jesus, I can do it. Bodies with the surfboard, even in, in desert, uh, you know, islands here, you just hand those two Bodies surfboards and they'll just look at them and go, I'll be right back. And they'll be great at it within a day. Bell's Beach in Australia. That's is that where they, is that where Point Break ended? <laughs> oh, I'm in Australia. We have great surf. One yeah. time a year. <laughs> Watch this, Kiani. Got to Indonesia and run around. They're very slow for as, as quickly as they move. They can't cover much ground. But they swarm you like red ants. And Bodhi found out the hard way. They got to televise that lashing thing. And then they count. The lashings? Yeah! Gee! Fa! I don't know what the words are, but they're shouting it because I watched a couple of uh, like punishments in the past. They're old videos, though. I don't know that they do this a lot. They just want to beat the tar out of naked white people. And I mean, they just go. And there's like groups of people shouting it out. Sanja! Fa! Sing! Like counting it down. And like, get to 40. Ugh. And a lot of times the judge will stop it. You have 40 lashes. Like he served, uh, he's, doing, he's doing all right. Oh, you're going to jail still. Yeah. But the lashings will end at a certain point. Caning is a thing, but you don't want to mess around at places that say we lash you for mistakes. And they serve alcohol. Bad combo. Australia and Ireland. Looking at you. It's good stuff. Uh, and then people are asking me my recap of the Mormons. The Mormons that showed up at my house Thursday... And one of the most elaborate, and nobody's taking credit for it yet, tricks, I have to say. If it was me at this point that had done this to someone, there'd be at least a text or a phone call saying, I'm the one who signed you up for the Mormon visit. To Still wh- no one, huh? To whomever's credit, they've stayed in the shadows. And I, look. Did you question Stebbings yet? Uh, Mark would have come clean by now. No, I didn't. Okay. He wouldn't do that based solely on what I've done to him when he's pulled pranks on me in the past. Okay. Payback, huh? Uh, he he didn't like that. We, we have an accord that no more of this will occur because uh, we were in Vegas together and we had a two-bedroom uh, suite at the Aria and he could only stay a day. So in the middle of the Saturday night, he's at dinner and he goes, I'm going to go grab my stuff and get out of here. Thanks for everything, blah, blah, blah. Say our goodbyes. He went back up and took all the decorative rocks out of the planters and placed them in my bed under the second sheet. So when I pulled the sheets back and laid in bed, it was just nothing but river rocks. And I didn't feel that. Also turned the heat up to like 85 degrees. So the room was just a sauna. And he toilet papered the room. Hilarious. I took, and I'm like, all right, you got me. So then, it's on. Not two weeks later, he said, hey, we're in San Diego. Uh, the house sitter isn't going to be there all day. We're coming back tonight at like six. Can you go and check on the dogs and hang out with them and play with them? I'm like, abs, anything for those dogs. And he had forgotten that not three weeks earlier, he had done his little river rock trick. Uh, Mark has a mastiff. And that mastiff leaves man sized poos all over the backyard. And then the. Dogs that are had not cleaned those poos. So I shoveled all the poos of the Mastiff, and I put them in their toilets. All, they had like a four-bedroom or four bathrooms. And I placed massive amounts of sun-baked uh, Mastiff oh. turds in there. And then I turned their heat up. So when they came home, the, heat and smell. the house was in a ridiculous 
condition. Dogs were in great shape. Dogs were good. and they, Their little room has its own air condition. We didn't have to worry about anything. June. They all slept in the dog's room. And, uh, yeah. and then all of their toilets were unflushed. Massive piles of mastiff poo. And they came home eating burritos. Because they were starving, and as they walked in the door, and the burritos came back fairly quickly, and they all discovered that each toilet was full. So Mark doesn't play Let's Goof on John, because usually I I will win that fight. So I don't blame him. But yeah, the, the Mormon trick, uh, the, the fact the Mormons knew my name, said I'd signed up online. I, look, tip of the cap to whoever did this. It's a brilliant move. I'm proud of you. Uh, and I, but I think you're not revealing yourself, because you know deep down that means game on. And the fact that I dodged your Mormons... I still have the note, and evidently they left another card in the mailbox with the picture of Jesus on it and their names on the back, which I thought was presumptuous. <laughs> that's a business card that's really over the top. I looked and I see Jesus on one side, and the other side's the, you know, Brother Elijah, and I'm like, hmm. Could have been a couple of uh, listeners, LDS listeners. Could be. Came, you know what? No, Let's no. Talk to him. He, but that, but he doesn't know where I live. Like they the L- said, you signed up, but I've <clears throat> right. never heard of that. Oh, it's all over the internet. Yeah, I was heard of it or not. I looked and it is. You can sign up. Absolutely. Just say, hey, I'd love you guys to pop over. And I can't imagine there's many people that mean it. Why don't you guys come over in your little shirts and talk to me about the Lord Jesus and Mormonism? No way. Said every normal person ever. But as a, as a gag, send it to Brett's house, my house, whatever. Whoever did this. I still think it's you. I would own this one because it's hilarious. At this point, it's pretty good. It's hilarious. I I wish I would have thought of it. I can't take credit on it. Man. I, yeah. Well, whoever did it, congrats. But I still have the answers. And the fact that when he approached me, if it was Mormon listener that wanted to talk to me, he'd have known. Like, the, yeah, the Jeep pulls up well, to the neighbor's house. When I, when I, you know, went sideways, I'm like, all right, divert. Because I thought it was a photo radar maybe that's what it was but then all of a sudden you talked and then his confidence went down uh excuse me so yeah because i did use the accent which is strong (laughs) i'm just a contractor i got no idea who lives there i'm sorry do you know if his name is john i don't know nothing about the house over there sorry about that i'm an ignorant hillbilly bye now (laughs) (laughs) i went ignorant hillbilly voice because i think people ask less questions of that voice if somebody says, and you don't want to deal with them, excuse me, sir, can you help me? Sure, I'll help you out. They're, they're going to ask you one question with that voice because they're not, they're not confident you are given proper information. That voice does not come with authoritative kind of like knowledge. Sure, I'll help you. What do you need? Homework, knowledge of like the local <laughs> cuisine. I'm not sending you to good restaurants with that voice. Uh, pretty much nowhere where good looking women are. Heck, I'll take you there myself if you want to climb in the car. Let me move my banjo out Hang of the seat. Hang on, they got a lot in here to move. Don't mind the blood. That's from a dog's paw. So uh, far as you need to know. Uh, never mind. We'll ask someone else. But that voice does not scream authoritative. So whenever somebody asks me a question like that, like, do you know who lives here? Hey, shoot, I don't know who. I don't know nothing about that house. Is that a house? Am I using the words right? I'm going to go in the backyard and listen to Morgan Wallen now and get dumber. (laughs) 
Or if you see somebody that's about to ask you a question and you just start going, Gonna take my horse to the old town road, I'm on a ride. They will stop thinking about asking you anything. You fillers are dressed fancy. Hey, what's with the matching outfits? <laughs> you guys putting on a show? No, we're Latter-day Saints. Oh, wow. I work with ladders. <laughs> okay, stop talking to that guy. He's an idiot. I thought you were a bunch of showbiz hacks. <laughs> yeah, I thought you guys was a bunch of weirdo queers dressed up the same trying to convert me to gayism. All right, thanks for thanks, sir. No problem, anytime. Gonna take my horse to the old town road. <laughs> Nothing about that says ask me about anything. Nobody knows anything with that voice. It makes you just giggle. And they could be brilliant, but they're not. <laughs> they're not. 90% of the time, they're not. 10% of the time, somebody like that comes up smart, you're shocked. I'm an astrophysicist. <laughs> you're kidding, right? No. I schooled for it and everything. My God. Elon Musk with that accent. Yeah, we're going to invent electric cars and probably shoot some folks up into the atmosphere. <laughs> with what? My inventions. Immediately, your brain thinks refrigerator with Tannerite on it. They're going <laughs> to blow a guy up. We just come up with this idea yesterday. It's all about uh, making sure the environment's in good condition. You're going to fix that? Mm-hmm. Tesla would have a different name. These are the Cooter Scooters. <laughs> yeah, that's what we got going on out here. They drive them goddamn selves. Me and my friends made it. I'm not getting in that. <laughs> cooter Scooter. That's right. Because you're going to get more Cooter than anybody in the city. I was in the holler the other day, inventing and sciencing and such. <laughs> There's nothing about that voice that begs questions other than how are you still alive and an adult. Uh, it's 722. Uh, oh, have you guys, by the way, have you seen Phoenix's Folly there with the purple lights? Have you been part of that yet? No. They ordered a bunch of stuff. Have you seen it? No. It is the craziest thing. I didn't think it was any big deal when I saw it in the news, and now they're installed. It is a mind <laughs> to try it out. Lincoln Road, they, they, they replaced a bunch of streetlights in Phoenix, and some idiot, I'm going to blame Kate Gallego. She's in charge, so let's, the buck stops there, ordered the wrong color. So all our streetlights are being replaced with these weird purple haze. Sun's fever. Don't know what it is, but when you're driving through it, it's, it's weird. It is not normal. Like at like you, you, it's it's it messes with you. So I was driving on the freeway back, and I saw the lights off the freeway were purple, and I, it messed me up. They're purple, and they I don't know who ordered them, and then said, "Hey, this one's purple," and then they just kept there like that. It is. Wow. It, it's creepy. Yeah, it, it's so weird. And I, I, I thought when I saw it on the news, I'm like, big deal. Purple lights, we'll deal with it. They'll go out in a few years. Uh-uh. Especially when it's mixed. What I've been saying, lights. Yeah, it's like what I've, been, what I've been saying for years. You don't mix colors. But no, you oh, can't. Of the 90,000, the 1,000 yeah. were. Yeah, they got them up there, and they're like, ah, it's too late to take them. I don't know if they're going to take them out, but the ones that I've been by will, will mess you up. It isn't something you don't notice, and it isn't something that doesn't make you look around like, am I, is, am I having a seizure? Because you don't think the light bulb is wrong. You think something happened to you. Is it creepy? Just yes. driving? And it just treats your brain wrong. Like, you'd be driving along and everything's fine, and then suddenly it's like everything, like you're underwater for a second. Like, what happened? What, was it me? Like, it distracts you to a point of not really real, like, oh, it's one of those purple lights. Like, at first you're kind of like, Bleh. the world just changed colors on me. And you think something happened to you. Did I drive into something? Am I having a stroke? 
it's that drastically different. And then you drive through these powerful purple lights, and then you're out of it. And like, what was that? Was that a tunnel? Did I just get attacked by UFOs? Am I different? Am I sterile? <laughs> the streetlight bulb company's yeah. going, <laughs> we finally got rid of them. <laughs> Somebody Check bought the purple lights. <laughs> Some called Kate Gallagos bought our purple lights. <laughs> it is weird. So I'm with you if you're out there and you've had your fake strokes. Just know that purple lights are in spaces they shouldn't be. And evidently... After a thousand of them were installed, because I'm guessing they did that in the daytime and couldn't tell. They said the fixtures are under warranty and are being replaced at yeah. no cost to yeah. the city taxpayers. Good. Except for the guy putting them up there again. That's a wasted day's worth of work. He's got to do twice. So, yes, we are paying for that. At no, cal- at no cost and, Unless my the ass. warranty covers that. Kicks in for the, the, the labor? labor? Yeah. Well, you better hope so. And that light bulb company is not going to do too well. Either way, it is weird. I kind of want it to stay, just so everybody gets to experience that strange little "what just happened" stroke. It looks dark. I mean, look at the street. Oh, it does. It does the weirdest stuff to your eyes. It's like walking into you know when you walk into a bar and it's scorpions glow if they're out. That's what I'm wondering if it's blacklight. You know when you're yeah when you're driving along or you go into a bar and it's the purple weird lights and you have to it takes you a second to adjust. That happens while you're driving. Like your eyes don't know what to do with it. I think it might be neat if they if it was consistent all purple it might be all right but it's like being at the Merc bar mm. like you, you picture just a bunch of people doing cocaine I like it see the get out it's the cocaine lights it's like a bunch of guys in suits and cars they can't afford doing coke under the purple lights it's the Merc bar it is weird it is just a strange kind of thing anyway just I digress be careful out there at night. Uh, it's, it's, oh, Look at the streets there. Yeah, isn't it? Oh, you got a video. Yeah. Hugh, that you see there isn't a design choice. It's actually a manufacturing defect in the LED street light. Ugh. If you see one, it's a rarity. The city of Phoenix says that only about a thousand street lights so across like the city it. have the defect, and the other eighty-nine thousand shine regularly with that orange hue. Phoenix has already put a contractor on the job of fixing the street lights. In the meantime, the city is reminding drivers that those purple lights are perfectly safe. Well, yeah, until your brain says, Go sons! Yeah. <laughs> also, more Caribe divine in my life. That's what we need. She just needs to wander around. I would pay her to just walk in and say hi and then leave. Caribe divine, uh, that Emma girl on Channel 3, maybe a little Holly Bach. Starting to get some. It's true talent back in the local news scene. It was a little divine. dry for a while. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Very dry. <laughs> Give me some of that action wandering around. I don't mind that at all. That Emma girl that does the news on She was in the Batman movie, Emma Lockhart. Now she's a grown-up news lady on Channel 3. I can watch that for a while. Anyway, uh, Brett, what do you got in the Big Board of Musical Treats? All right, Wake Up Song brought to you guys by Action Ride Shop. Avoid the beehives this weekend while you're out on the trail and uh, hit up Action Ride Shop. You need a bike? They're going to hook you up. You, you're, you're not sure? You can go there and rent one. They'll give you all the advice and everything you're going to need to get your ass out on the trails this summer. Bees. Get a beekeeper yeah, suit. Get a beekeeper suit. <laughs> Do they sell but, those Action Ride Shop beekeeper outfits for me? I don't know. I want to talk Josh. to Josh about that. But uh, go to ActionRideShop.com or just go visit them over there on Gilbert Road in Southern. Uh, on the list, uh, Skid Row, Slave to the Grind, lots of stuff for DeAndre. Uh, oh, sick, sick of You from Guar. Uh, white Knuckles for Suns fans watching Aiton play. Uh, I Stand Alone for Aiton. That's it. Because it's, uh, you know, it's U-Fest week. Yeah. Godsmack, I Stand Alone. Take It Easy from the Eagles. Because uh, <laughs> that's what he's doing while he's man, watching how the game's going if on. Take It Easy isn't his theme song. <laughs> 
Take it easy. Yeah, I think that's uh, <laughs> the greatest fear by Parkway Drive for rebounding. Because <laughs> evidently that's, that's his greatest fear. It is. Broken, beaten, scared by Metallica for DeAndre. Angry again. De- I mean, everybody hates DeAndre right now. He has made enemies. Now show up! I know he can't hear us up there, but God damn it, if we all yell loud enough, maybe. He just, I mean, he disappeared. Literally. Eight, nine plays in the first half where he just stood in a spot and watched the game for a second. This is the strangest thing I've ever seen. And I've been watching him. He's been driving me nuts for a long time. But that that was the worst I've seen him play. Like, that game the other night was the worst DeAndre Ayton game of the year. Like, that was, and obviously the internet agrees because yeah. they're embarrassing him regularly by, here's another moment he just stood there. So money doesn't seem to be a motivator? Money's a demotivator for him. He got he, it. I, I don't no, know. What, he already got it. It's his, look, it's it's a stereotype, but this is a fact. He's from the Bahamas. Have you been to the Bahamas? At what point in your life in the Bahamas are you stressful, tensed out, and and like striving for more? Never. Maybe during the you know a, a hurricane. Maybe. Or like and even Which then, that, those people seem sort of okay. Like they just are used to it. Like everything's okay. And he just, whenever things get rough, they grab some mangoes, they go to the beach and smoke weed. How bad can life be? Now you're asking him to ramp it up, find that inner fire. Well, he doesn't have any. If I grew up in that atmosphere, I mean, that's the knock on Phoenix. It's too relaxed. Like, players come here are supposed to be badass, and they just can't be because Scottsdale's undefeated. It's a fun place to hang out. You can be outside all the time. It's lovely here. It softens people to live in resort towns. Now, islands that basically make you a ball of mush. He can't go back to the Bahamas. He's too intense. Yeah, now, if you can imagine this, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great example. Now, if you, you took him out of the Bahamas, you can take the man out of the Bahamas. You can't take the Bahamas out of the man. But DeAndre going back to the Bahamas, hey, you settle down there, DeAndre. What's your problem? He's all wrapped up in tension. He is... He is like the most, uh, like he's the most likely to have a heart attack in all of the Bahamas. <laughs> and he's the least likely to have one here. Like he's the most relaxed man here and the most intense man there. Because the whole place is laid back. It's just not a place to be intense. And he grew up there. You got to remember that. He was always, eh, whatever. The island life, Whatever. I mean, you look around when everything 360 degrees is beautiful and you're kind of, other than the buildings and the, you know, the, the neighborhoods are garbage, but they don't care about that either. They just look out, there's the beach. That's where we should be. And you go there every day and it's glorious. Enough weed, everything's beautiful. And you work over at Atlantis and you see all these beautiful tourists all the time. You're probably getting laid. And then you cash. Your seven foot curiosity. You're probably f- every 40 year old divorced woman that's ever lived on the Eastern seaboard. We're going to the Bahamas to get my groove back. And, of course, DeAndre's the first one they f- because they got to see that thing. You're scaring tourists. you yeah. got to get out of here. It's everything different than what husband Trent had in his pants. And he comes back with beads and braids in her hair just because she got f- by a Bahamanian. That's their life. We're asking him to turn into, you know, Bill and Beer overnight. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's Godsmack. I stand alone.
because DeAndre sure does. He tries to separate himself from packs of people, that's for sure. Uh, Suns tonight. I'll get it back. Come on now. Everybody calm down, especially me. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. Sickness. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself. He's evil. Sitting right here. Come on. No, no, he's not. He's not evil. He's just a bit rude. And uh, Monday, cruising right through, getting ever so close to that game two that everybody's emailing me about. I'm very distracted by my emails right now. We're bitching and crying a lot about the uh, the Suns, but the drafts were good. My Steelers just walked off with a haul. Thrilled with that. Cardinals did great. Your Seahawks did great. Awesome. Bears had like two picks, so it didn't really matter. They didn't do much, much. Got what they needed. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much. Bengals, they're fine. Their windows got uh, two more years in it. So they got to start paying everybody. And then last night, uh, Toledo's, uh, man, since I've known Toledo, just uh, living and breathing cracking hockey. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so got to be tough because as a person who just loves Seattle sports, for some reason, you've tied yourself back to the Kraken. Well, and people always ask me, how come I wasn't a Canucks fan? Because that was the regional one. Right. I just never got into never it. Cared. But there was the Thunderbirds, and then we had the Tacoma uh, Sabercats. Yeah. They were like minor league hockey, so you'd watch all those games, and they were great. So when they finally got a team, it was just awesome. It's Plus, a, they stole my last team. Yeah. It's amazing to watch the ratings in hockey go f- from regular season blech, to what what was going on. In the playoffs, and yesterday was just last four minutes of that game oh. last night. A six on five oh, defense, it's awesome. Well, even better was the Florida and Boston was, yeah. th- you know, same thing. Pulled the goalie and got the goal, drove it to overtime, and then beat him. It was nuts. It was just great sports, and it's hard because you know I'm not going to sit and act like I follow hockey all the play. I don't. It's too goddamn hard to follow. But like you, it's a cool logo, and Man, they Seattle did what the Coyotes logo. haven't done in 22 years. Stop it. No reason to kick them. Well, kick them when they're down. Yeah, kick them when they're down. They're dead. It's beating a dead horse. Oh, the and poor they crap. play in a big boy arena. Oh, that's enough for no reason at all. You can't tie yourself back to the Kraken that close yet. No, not yet. But man, it's hard not to cheer for those uniforms. They're cool as hell. Remember Chinese jersey up? Oh yeah, nice. of course. <laughs> Did you get the black one or the mint? Uh, they didn't have the black one. Oh, the I black got, like, one the was awesome. One was pretty cool. The mint, it's mint. Is that what it's called? <laughs> mint. <laughs> and it's fantastic mint. I like the mint. That's what the ladies say about the Seattle Kraken. The mint makes it pop. I haven't seen any of your team's city uniforms for baseball yet, but I already oh, ordered yeah. the Mariners one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's garbage. It's more stuff to spend money on. That's the only good thing about watching the White Sox. This is their city uniforms. Nobody's watching. It's not the team. It's crazy. Anyway, we're sun's crazy with a lot of sports going on. It's a great time of year right now. Just outstanding. If I could breathe, it would be better. Constantly sucking in all this pollen and watching these flags whip around. By the way, only LGE in our neighborhood is sad about something. All the other flags, it was one, two, three, four flags at full. They don't have one anymore. They're, they're just they're done with out money. It's done. so hard to keep up with. Half mast. Well, well, LGE is on half mast. Could it be the, the the Texas shooter that everybody's looking for? I can't imagine that's a thing. Did someone pass that we don't know? LGE came and that thing went uh, at half. That's what I asked Wintermeyer about. I'm like, hey, why are they at half staff? What's going on? He goes, oh, probably the Texas thing. I'm like, 
it seems like so much commonplace anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that we happened. Can't, we all can't right. drop it every time, time there's a murder. Right, yeah. Yeah, not every mass shooting requires half-masting our flags. Ben's going to have forearms like Popeye grinding that thing up. <laughs> well, the word grinding in Ben. Right, probably not. Anyway, it's time now for Brady to give you all the news that only Brady knows on this glorious Monday morning. And it is brought to you by our friends over at Hooters. I got an email from a guy that says, uh, it said, uh, pretty good. It said, I couldn't turn off the Hooters calendar ads. You know, we go on our website and there's calendar ads of Brady hanging out with them. And it says, my eyes were on Brady. What a dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> His wife was okay with this. His kid's okay with this. I didn't see what you were doing in that video, but some people see it as you being creepy. I find it awesome. But I also like when people say the words dirtbag about someone else. That's always endlessly funny. Hey, guy over there. What a dirtbag. You know what that is. You're jealous. Hey, you're not, Yep. Uh, you know, borderline retiree hanging out with the Hooters girls at their photo shoot. That's a, you know, some people would pay for that. Looking to those calendar shots, there's reason to be jealous. Yeah, absolutely. Here's another thing. Brady got paid to do it. Ah, eat that. Eat that lunch, friend. <laughs> they paid Brady to be there. We could have had an auction and made quite a pretty penny there trying to get you dudes to just hang out with the Hooters girls during that. We can't trust you. Anyway, Hooters is uh, ready to go, and you can see those ads every time you go to 98kupd.com. One will pop up and watch Brady fooling around with a bunch of girls one-third his age. (laughs) (laughs) They are. Pretty close. No. That's a good It sucks to hear, but that's a fact. 19 is the third year. I'll go half. 21. (laughs) (laughs) Not half. They're not 40. Wait a minute. How old are you? I don't know. You look terrible. Uh, You can go to Hooters. There's no 30-year-old. Yeah, there's none of that. None of those girls are in their 30s. Not half. And if they are, what are they doing in the calendar? Ew! Get the young ones in there. Uh, You can catch all the playoff action you've ever imagined of any sport you want to watch right there at Hooters and say thanks, Hooters, for this Brady Report. Brady Report. Good Monday morning to you, Phoenix. Hello, world. Hi. Happy phone-in sick day. (laughs) Yeah. damn it. I wish I'd have known about that. You guys started letting us know at five. Yeah. And we have to say that Friday was bring your kids to work day. And I've created such a toxic work environment. Oh, yeah. I didn't see any. That nobody brought them. And I flat told parents, do not bring your kids to work. That's such a woman thing. That started in the 70s when women started to go to work. That, that, was, that was never a thing prior to the, the now equal rights amendment nonsense movements that brought women into the workplace. And zero. Chance that your dad wanted your ass at his job. A, you'd have met your other mom, his secretary. <laughs> That's something he didn't want you to meet. And B, yeah, he can't be himself. Cussing and swearing and talking about how miserable his wife is. And all that. He couldn't do it with some jackass spawn hanging around. Nobody wants their kids at work, especially your kids. <laughs> So I told Jen said that like Jen Gardner downstairs like she brought her kid and he's a cool little kid he seemed nice he was running all over drawing on the walls and I'm like look this is it you might have thought this was a good idea like bring your kid to work day but let me tell you right now oh no 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 this will never f-ing happen again it's National Bring Your Kids to Work Day no it's not it's National Piss Me Off I'm going to tell you about it today. <laughs> a couple of baseless fun facts from 1993 to 1995 there were American teams in the Canadian Football League. 
Hmm. One of them was the Baltimore Baltimore Stallions. They oh, that Las Vegas the, had a team, didn't they? They actually won the championship in That's 1995. Right. There were seven teams. Yeah, they, I remember that. San Antonio had one, maybe, yeah, or they, Sacramento or right. something. They were all disbanded by 1996. Didn't sell very many tickets. I forgot about that. That's right, and Baltimore came in in year one and won the whole thing, won the Grey Cup. Yep. Steven Spielberg's career was launched when he directed the first episode of the TV show Columbo in 1971. Wow. Wow. Gwen Stefani's brother Eric was one of the founders of No Doubt, but left in 1994 to become an animator on The Simpsons. No kidding. I thought it would be like all the other reasons that band broke up. Gwen f***ed him and broke up with him. Because I'm pretty sure she did that to two dudes in that band. Was it two? I know it was the bass player. Her and that one brown guy. And I'm not sure what he <laughs> is. Is it yeah. like Mexican and Middle Eastern? Was I'm he not the sure. bass player? I think so. Yeah. They had like a torrid thing going on. And then they broke up and tried to keep it right. And then she became wildly famous and they just wait for her to do reunions now. It seems like every new car has a huge touchscreen on the dashboard where you can control everything. But according to a new report, car companies are starting to switch back to buttons and knobs instead. Good. It's because the touchscreens are more dangerous, like texting and driving. I would also imagine that the touchscreen doesn't break as often. So, as, I mean, when there's, like, tangible buttons and knobs, those tend to yeah. come off. Yep. And then you got to go back to the dealership and buy new things. It could be, but sometimes the touchscreen, you know, just like anything. It's sure, it'll shut down. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a new part. Usually it's probably just something they have to, have to readjust and doesn't Fuse. update. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if they have that. Car companies want you to buy pieces. They want the car to break. I don't think those touchscreens are... I think it's just you, like you plug in and it resets itself. I don't think there's a lot of stuff that can fall off of it. And to be honest with you, like with um, Alex's car, we we put a new one in, and they're simple now. They're they're dirt cheap. Oh, the touchscreens. They're yeah, yeah. I mean, and his is a 13 year old car. So I prefer buttons. Easy. Like I don't like like my my one uh, radio. I got rid of it. Had a touchscreen for volume. I hated it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I wanted. I, I needed it, to feel it. Click, yeah, you're tapping else. something else. I'm like, mm-hmm. now I've made a mess of the screen. I like buttons. The knob thing, I prefer. I've got both in the Jeep. I've got touchscreen and knobs. Yeah. And that's great. I've got a spinning wheel in my car now. It's like a mouse. For games? It is kind of like that. You spin a wheel to get what you want, and then you push down on it like a mouse. Landed on blowjobs again. Look at that. (laughs) I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, it went viral. It was this lady that posted a video. She was on Spirit Airlines watching a worker out of the... She's sitting, looking out of the window of her passenger seat. Yeah. Oh, no. And he's putting uh, what looked to be like duct tape on the engine. And Yeah. Area. You know. It's, it's actually. It's spirit. spirit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, they named you after the ghost you're going to become. It's the last time I fly spirit. <laughs> yeah, right. No, well, no, no, you're on the plane. It's the last time you're flying. Yeah. You're, you're going into the earth a lot of times. I don't think spirit Everything was actually flies. Uh, it was actually called speed tape. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's made of. Heavy-duty aluminum. The FAA says it's used for temporary minor repairs <laughs> to non-structural aircraft components. The same as sausage. Airline uh, 
mechanics and uh, the, the stuff like that, you don't want to see how it's made. My grandpa was an airline mechanic and, and in World War II. I went, the, the ways that they were fixing the engines and stuff, he never flew again after the war. He would bus here. He would drive back. Yeah. I, I got passed on the freeway by a Spirit Airline. I'm not sure those things actually fly. Here's the other thing. It turns out the video wasn't new. It was shot at Newark Liberty Airport in New Jersey in 2021. Yeah. They used speed tape, tape in uh, NASCAR, too. Patch up the... Uh... That makes sense. Because, you know, it's not 30,000 feet in the air. A little speed tape so your, your quarter panel flies off. Eh, it's dangerous, but... Speed tape. It's duct tape. It's electrical or duct tape. I just want to see no. that. What I don't know what his name is, but the Philly guy out there. We, we flex sealed it. Oh, yeah. It's rubber in a can. <laughs> Look at him. Just saran wrapping that engine. <laughs> just going to town. Uh, but when we were in Hawaii, you guys weren't on my flight coming back. Uh-uh. It was 1030 flying out of the big island. The whole airport closed at nine. Yeah. We're the only plane there. There's no employees. And the plane won't start. And you can hear it like it's a key. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously? I'm like, you guys, hey, flooded. you're flooding it. <laughs> Put your foot in the gas, take it off, and then try again. And he did. <laughs> Let it rest a minute. And then, uh, aloha. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't start that. That was special. Aloha, everybody. Uh, don't start sweet-talking. Uh, we can't get that right engine going quite yet. So uh, we're going to wait here for some maintenance guys to come back. They've all gone home. And so you woke up Palaula and Ilaaka, and they had to drive their asses all the way back to this airport. And I watched them put a giant fan against the engine and pull. Hand crank it. They hand cranked it. And I was sitting on the wing going, I went off this plane so bad. And then again. Aloha. All you folks looking out your window seeing how they're doing this. Don't worry. Once that thing starts, it's self-sustaining. Oh, what do you think? And they got it started. By hand. And like within a second of Palauka and Ileaka pulling that fan off of the front of the engine, we're rolling. And I'm like, man, I don't like this. There has to be a button that lets you know, hey, give it a second. Make sure it's still good. We're heading down that runway, and I'm just waiting for that thing to burst into flame. That can't be a way to start it. But it just seems so right, brothers. But we were up there. Seems guys, fine. Two guys out there in a Corolla with jumper cables. Yeah. And stuff. All right, we got this. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> But uh, two dudes in Hawaiian, like as Hawaiian I as they get. about that. I was just sitting there, just boosh, start this fan, and off it went. I was like, I'm going to throw up all over the place. That awful. airport was, it was empty. Dead, dead. Nobody was there. They had to wait for Palauka and Iliaki to come back. And, and they were in, you know, cargo shorts, high as can be. They'd already gone home and smoked out. And that fan they put up against it was like they have in garages for mechanics. Those giant, yeah, yeah. You know, keep the whole garage cool. Just leaned it up against the engine and <laughs> pulled it. Good luck, Holly. Thanks. So long, Holly. Thanks for your money. Yeah, we were off and running. I made it. Researchers from the University of California's Berkeley <laughs> and Los Angeles campuses compiled a list of stars and planets that are bound to encounter Earth's signals within the next century. While also deducing that the first return message could come as soon as six years from now. So in 2029. So they don't hear from us yet, but we're thinking we're going to hear from them. We've been sending the signals to uh, the closest stars and planets. Did you say, oh, I see. Carl Sagan, 
who used it as a plot theme in the movie Contact, lead researcher at Howard Isaacson, UC Berkeley astronomer. Uh, their researchers, they said the physics, the laws to determine how quickly signals blared from NASA's deep space network should be hearing back from them by 2029. Yeah, but you said that, we, that they won't get our signals for another hundred years. The signals within the next century. Right, but we're going to hear from them in the next six. How does that work? Like we get it back faster than we're sending it? I hate to ask questions. Look at that. I'm trying to figure that out. It's a great question, John. There it is. We'll wait. (laughs) Just let him answer it. He is looking at those words. Because if, um, if they're if they're saying we our signals don't get there until the next century, why are we hearing back from them in six years? From the Pioneer Ten, huh? A spacecraft that did a Jupiter flyby in 1973 had the radio transmission reach a dead white dwarf in 2002. No, that's not how we. That, but what does that, that mean? Call those what does that mean? Billy Barty. We shot Billy Barty yes. into space. <laughs> And that this Jupiter is a star that, if alien life exists near it, could respond to Earth by 2029. Okay, so that signal is out. All the other stuff, yeah. got to wait till 2100. Yeah. Because we've been firing those out for years. To a bunch of stars and planets. And we did that back in the 60s when we put up, you know, I Love Lucy and uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And then this, this weird gold album that has these, you know... There's our DNA strands on it, and we fired that off into space in like a capsule to hopes that they would find it. Researchers at UC San Diego may have just figured out how to extend our lifespan by over 80%. No. Before you get too excited, they haven't tried it on people. Just yeast. No. But it could be a big deal because uh, the explanation is we age because our cells start breaking down. And a previous study found that it happens for two reasons. The mitochondria gets weaker and our DNA becomes less stable. That's true uh, for yeast cells, too. So they basically rewired and tricked them so those two things wouldn't happen at the same time. Instead, they'd alternate. They found that when each one got to take a little break, it slowed down the aging process in general, and yeast cells lived 82% longer. So instead of hitting the 100-year mark, you now can hit 180. Well, 180s, but we're not going that far. That's not 80%. That would be if we're living to 100. Living Average to 100. age is 80, so we're, we're adding another 60-something yeah. to that. Yeah, Ugh. 140. Blech. Boring. Blech. Yeah, so boring. <laughs> I'm 50. I'm starting to come to the end of this thing. I was going to hire a 140-year-old oh, dude. Uh, beyond that, yeah, you got to work into your hundreds. People don't think. Nobody thinks. Everything. Oh, it'd be great to live to 140. You know, then retirement age would be 120. You'd be dragging ass around in your hundred. This is my 83rd year here at the factory. Miserable. We're living just enough. Add another 60 to this? Oh. Pretty soon the rookie year in these retirement villages will be 65, oh. 70. Rookie Can't year. Can't move oh, into until you're 70. Well, that's if you only added that. 10 more I'm years. About, yeah. If you yeah. add 60% of life or 80% more, the, you won't be in a retirement community until you're 122. You won't be able to retire no until thanks. you're 120. 
No, thank you. Out. I'm out on one. You won't get your first case, of, uh, first case of chlamydia until 100. I'll tell you this. <laughs> 80 looks like <laughs> I don't see. Well, yeah, but now that they've got the collagen. Yeah, so now I look pretty and feel like garbage. And I got to work another 40 years. She and looks I'm, great for 120. I'm more collagen than muscle. I have a friend who lived frugally and made a lot of money. And his wife was the same. And they're 51 and 53, I think. They retired Friday. Ooh. I, that's glorious. Now, Brady's new scenario. Even at this level, they'd be like, we still got 50 years to go. 50 more I'm years. I'm throwing the towel in at 120. Brady, if, if you were, st- yeah. And if you were still thinking like we had to live to like 140, you would have to work another 70 years to get Ooh. to, you know, f- that. Give me the heart attack and the party. I'm not interested in this. People don't think. They think just it would all be roses and sunshine. But what it would be is too many people, nobody's got any money, and we're all working until the day we die, and we'll be working from age 16, 104 years of work before you can quit. What? I had to give a break. The guy at the McDonald's drive-thru, he was 137. (laughs) I'm a retiree that just wants to know what I would do with my time. With your time? You've had 120 years. Enough. Speed up those assisted suicide uh, bills. I don't understand why science isn't trying to figure out how to just have peaceful deaths at 62. I just don't get it. Everyone will have a nice passing. What more do you need to do? That way we can all retire in our 40s when we're viable, decent people. We get off the planet at a reasonable time. We don't drag out this old age thing. It just seems like Brady with four years left is about enough of Brady. Don't you think? <laughs> 12 more years of me, that's plenty. What is that, seven more for you? Yeah. Money. Yeah. What more are you going to accomplish in this life? What have you done already? Seven years out. You've had 58 years to prove yourself. That's enough. Yeah. Seven more for you. Brett, same with you. You got like 12. And that seems like enough, Brett. Yeah. Any more of that, you just got some racist weirdo running around in his late 60s going, this isn't how it was when I was young. Becoming more racist. Can you imagine the generation gap between 19-year-olds and 119-year-olds? And they're both still working? I got this new Gen 2.653 coming in here. And they're all entitled assholes. Got my 20-year-old bride. (laughs) And then there's that. Because with with, uh, 120 years comes, how do you make this hard? I'm not going to 130 if this dick doesn't work for 50 of them. And then they start boning your great-great-grandkids. It'll be like the Reebok pump by that time. Nobody thinks. Stop making us live longer. Shorten this movie a little bit. An hour and a half. PG-13. Let's make this thing work for all of us. Great. The emails I just got. Learn two ways to generate steady income during your retirement. (laughs) That's not retirement. You're 60 years away from that, Rich. (laughs) 60 years of working from now. You've already been at it for 30. Oh, Stop it, science. This guy that lives in Spain, Tonio Panero, was renovating his uh, retirement home. And he discovered inside, he's taking down some of the walls. And inside the walls were these cans of Nesquik that were old. And he opened them up, and there's nothing but cash in there. Nice. Ends up... Uh, Idiot told. No, some of the currency was uh, no longer 
That's how old the cash was. Well, was but he had managed to get you mean no longer viable. Viable, yeah. The, the bank <laughs> wouldn't vanished. No <laughs> the, the bank wouldn't exchange it. Sure. Said the notes are no longer printed. Those right. are old. Uh, but he managed to get about fifty five thousand dollars out of the stuff that out of the was still redeemable. Doesn't that sound a little curious too? Yeah, this no, this money's no longer good. Hand it over. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll take, take care of it. Yeah, what are they Confederate dollars yeah. or something? Yeah. I mean, yeah. which would on? be worth got to be worth somewhere. Evidently not. That's what I thought. Uh, here's a picture of him laying out the cash out of the cans. So it's American money? No. It's, oh. Uh, oh, 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 it's Bank of Spain. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. They've probably gone through three currencies since this was. And by the way, Spanish big on Nesquik? <laughs> Looks like Monopoly money. Like Nescafe, maybe, but Cafe Ole. Nesquik? Huge over there. I didn't think they were drinking a lot of... Uh, Rabbit endorsed chocolate milk. <laughs> is, is he an elf, by the way? Yeah, he's a small man. What? No, he lives in the walls. That's where he found yeah. his money. And now it's time for a quick wild world. All right. Go get him. Hello, my friends. I'm Brady Bogan, and this is your wild, wild world. Is <laughs> 65-year-old Kevin Darmati is a fisherman in Australia, and he was fishing at the Kennedy River. They named a river after Kennedy there? Yeah. (laughs) It's blood red. It's a blood red river. We see this looks like Kennedy in November. Experienced fisherman. A little flex of white. He was there (laughs) fishing for some uh, barramundi. Okay. And uh, this little boy was along the campgrounds, walks along the bank, hears this little splash, goes down there, comes running back. He's gone. He's gone. Big croc. Ate him up. Nothing oh, was left but the thongs. His That's pair of thongs on the beach. That's why you said that earlier about your. You'd recently read a headline where a man was devoured in one croc hit by a crocodile. Lately. Remember, I was talking about ways to die. You brought up quicksand, mm-hmm. and Brady said that a slow death that he wouldn't want would be a croc eating him in one bite. <laughs> that would be this one didn't so his, much. You know what mind. did it to me is on that nature is metal. They show they had the um, uh, wildebeest crossing. The river in Africa not too long ago. I've seen that in Glendale. And the crocs were just <laughs> taking those things down, and they're still alive, and they're like partially eaten, still alive. It's brutal. That's a wildebeest, though. Yeah. They can take, they, you can't eat those in one bite. I could probably take a couple of bites. Of a, a wildebeest? From a croc. Or from a croc, yeah. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't go immediately. Yeah. I guess that that's is true. That's the problem. Like, my fear of bee stings is the same as your fear of a crocodile, because it's going to take... Crocodile's it's got your leg. Crocodile might stop and go, I can't go on. <laughs> I'll put, put some in the fridge for later. That's your wild, wild world. Oh, wow, that was quick. This is a brutal story. Braden Bami. Braden Aiden Caden? He's 16 years old. Of course he is. He goes to Cheney High School. Um, Dick Cheney has a high school in named Washington, after him? the state of Washington. Oh, my God. Kennedy <laughs> yep. River in Australia and the Dick Cheney High School. How about that? The kid was running around the football field and somehow impaled himself on the goalpost in the eye. The top of it? In the eye. Yeah, so the uh, it must have been the goalpost must have been down. Th- I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, he's one hell of a leaper. I think he's he running during gym class and impaled himself. <laughs> I'm, I'm no of private eye, Brett, but I'm pretty sure Brady just said this kid was murdered and didn't ask any questions. <laughs> Wasn't it murder? That's a murder. 
There's other kids they saw him run into Correct. the post. But he died. Yeah, those the are the kids who murdered him. And Brett, you're Italian. What do the Italians say when they're like, hey, how did this guy, uh, how did he end up stuck to a goalpost of his eye socket? Ah, he must have tripped and fell. We who all knows? saw Wasn't him there, run you know? right into it. It was the most ungodly thing we've ever seen. You Couldn't believe, believe it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it my own self. I, I still can't believe what I saw. He tripped. What are you going to do? He tripped. He bounced up in the air. Next thing you know, he's hanging by his eye socket by the goalpost. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Anyway, we had nothing to do with it. That was a murder. You know how hard it is to work a goalpost into someone's eyeball? <laughs> I don't care how fast you're running. To money shot that, that's the two-meter shot Luke did in Star Wars. Unless somebody's holding the back of your head. You better have my money. <laughs> you mother. Yeah. That's a murder, Brady. No question. Further investigation. Correct. Oh, yeah. Correct. <laughs> the witnesses saying, we couldn't believe it. We watched him run right into it. They killed him. The witnesses were Vinny, Bruno, <laughs> Rocco, and uh, Tony. A bunch of 40-year-old guys hanging around a high school going, can you believe this kid? Unbelievable. <laughs> you might be excited about this. You can win a trip, a free trip to Cleveland. Yeah, all trips. I would hope 2024 to see the solar eclipse. See, Cleveland is within 125 mile, they're in a 125 mile wide path of totality Good. to experience the solar eclipse. It'll happen in the last a little over four minutes. So now you can um, go watch. online and register for a free trip to Cleveland. They'll fly you there. No. <laughs> you get to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nope, not interested. The only thing good about that is that Cleveland will be finally kind of shut up from light for a little bit. So you'll see the the best of Cleveland. Now, are you adding tickets to this, or are they actually giving you tickets to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Right. Um, Because you're adding costs. That's true. They are going to pick it up. You can see the sights is what I'm saying. Cleveland rocks! Yeah, Cleveland, darkening Cleveland is not a bad idea, and that's not a racist thing. I'm sorry, I saw Brett's face light up. That's not that sounded. That that sounded much worse than I meant. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Taking light from Cleveland is a good idea. Because look what they've done with it. They built Cleveland. When you gave them light, they made Cleveland. I believe we've done a story on this guy before, um, and there might have been a documentary on him. He's this Dutch guy. They just use his first name, Jonathan. He's 41 years old now, but he could be fined more than uh, $100,000 if he tries to donate his sperm again. Oh, I've seen this. He's in court. He's got a... Because when we did the first story on him in 2017, after it emerged, he had fathered more than 100 children. Yeah. And that was like, he was like just a kid, right? So then uh, he's been doing this for a while. uh, You know, then he was 36. Oh, I thought he was younger than that when he started. Well, now he's up to f- between 550 and 600 children. The problem is the initially why the court is telling him to stop. Because of incest. Yes. Yeah. You, you don't know anymore. It's a small community. And there are too many people that are going to be his. So what he did was he started donating to other cities outside of it. So he doesn't have that tight oh, pocket nice of like of a hundred step what children. Compulsion? Just wash it down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Nick Cannon's like, hold my beer. Yeah, I got okay. this. I'm on. Challenge accepted. Yeah. 
must donate all my seed. <laughs> and that's what they say. The odds go up. The point is uh, on the kinship network <coughs> with hundreds of half brothers and half sisters increases it's the odds disgusting. of them yeah. potentially getting together and making in some of these smaller towns special babies. So they want to avoid that. Yeah. As much as everybody loves that idea. By the way, during the draft, did anybody see the mentally challenged Chiefs fan go up and talk some smack to the Eagles? Uh, oh, yeah, He's yeah, on yeah. TV, and he's like, that just happened. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, this guy's an asshole. I don't care that he's got a thing. He went up and just made, like, was the least, like, and everybody's like, oh, it's, it's okay. He doesn't know. The f- he didn't know. He knew everything he was saying. You want us to treat you equal? You're an asshole, kid. That was awful. That's fair. Hey, ego fan. That doesn't happen. I'm like, whoa. He was mouthy. And, and then his mom's smiling like, it's okay because he's excited. He's an R word. And they, they, he's allowed to do whatever he wants, which I would take full advantage of if I was him too. <laughs> the sexual wellness brand, Love Honey, is looking for 10 adults. Who'd like to be paid a thousand dollars over one year to pleasure themselves? Whoa! These uh, people I can get paid for this. These people will serve as members of their new orgasm adva- advisory board, and it's they making them uncomfortable. Just give them. A they'll receive two hundred fifty bucks worth board. of sex toys every month. Ooh! In addition to the self love, uh, members will be expected to create content by sharing feedback on various products they've been sent. Get me on this list. Is it just for the ladies? Nope. I'm in. What's it pay? A thousand bucks for the year. Go to lovehoney.com. Yeah, but I get all the supplies. And they give you all the supplies. Like $250 worth of materials every month that I get to. Yep. This is a dream for me. As my dad said, I, my dad said I'd never make any money off of this. Are you crazy? <laughs> it's like a human bark box? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, we'll send you that little, you little toy. Chewy sends you over. Play with it. You chewy, tell chewy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you an aggressive chewer or are you a softer it chewer? It didn't seem like he took to this one. He doesn't like, he loved the moose. He hated the alligator. Yeah, didn't like the, the alligator, alligator squeaky was too high in his neck. Yeah, so I would be more than happy to deep throat your toys. <laughs> the dildo box yeah, is I mean, here. The dildo yeah. box is here. <laughs> I love that commercial. Love the big that dumb dog is waiting. And these two fat the guys waiting. Box is here. The butt plug box is here. <laughs> a photographer in Canada. Well, hold on. Well, how do people sign up for this? What's the lovehoney.com? Okay, that's it? Yep. Nothing. All right. Hop on that. Okay. Put my name and information. All right. Lovehoney.com. Yep. Mail. Yeah, I don't ah, need anything else. Good distinction. Yeah, well, I just want to make sure I'm not getting any of the, the wands <laughs> or rabbits. All right. Now where, Brady? Yeah, what do I go after lovehoney.com? Sign me up. The link then. might be under NS, NSFW. Not safe for work. Well, all of their whole site is Give me NSFW. That. <laughs> NSFW is this page's constant for saying we're not going to tell you about it. <laughs> they, they do it in every story. Where are you reading that? Lovehoney.com. The link that may be not safe for work, that's not a link since they are all sex toys. So don't do it at work is what the the, the, the service that we use is saying. Yeah, We're not going to give it, it to you because it's not safe. <laughs> Brady thought you just go to notsafeforwork.com, which I wonder if there's a thing. Yeah, lovehoney.com. The link, that link it says, may be not safe for work. 
All right, then I'll go to the the, the story on it. Yeah, just you you do the work. As many times you've seen NSFW on there, you didn't know that? I thought they were doing some trickery around there that go there <laughs> to warn wow. you. <laughs> Constantly, this the, that service uses NSFW. They have to cover their ass so they don't send you to dirty sites at your work. Well, this isn't a dirty site. <laughs> oh, here we go. Pleasure paid. There it is. Get on that. Sign Looking me up. hired a diverse group. A photographer in Canada posted photos of an iceberg floating off the coast of Newfoundland. And uh, people love it because oh, it's where? shaped exactly like someone's... Newfoundland. Like next to Sweden? Newfoundland? Newfoundland. Newfoundland. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like a guy's or junk. Newfoundland? It's a big dick iceberg. <laughs> Let's see it. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Fair yeah. enough. And it's in a spot called Conception Bay. Hey, found its home. And that's, one of, the, that's one of the things that will show up from lovehoney.com <laughs> yeah. if you're interested in big white ones. All right, speed through. What do you got for videos? We got a couple of gems today. Brady's hit the point where um, I think it's a memory because like three of them in a row we've seen. That's fine. Nothing wrong with recap. No, no, no I know. I'm yeah. just oh, really? That, I'll bring some back. Oh, yeah, bring <laughs> some home. I'm just saying that Brady's reached the point of that loop. Oh, he's looping. That's all right. I like the loop. And the internet is endless. So right. we're going to get new material. But sometimes it's fun to revisit. We're revisiting. I'm not sure which three we are revisiting, but... Well, obviously, we'll see. you send it. You yeah. send them all. We'll we'll just revisit them all. We'll see if oh, we remember. I'm not on the right page. Hang on. There's so many that I don't know if I'll remember them. Yeah, the internet's packed this guy full. Pulling of them. a wheelie. Oh boy! In uh, Afghanistan, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. Really? That's the other. The dunes of Afghanistan. Like on that yeah. one. It's cold. It's cold weather. What made you believe that? The uh, robes. The, the, after where the end of it? Oh, the AK-47. What people were wearing? Oh, okay. All right, it's an Afghanistan side street party. Dude's rolling away. Ah, oh, right into another Whoa. car. Oh. <laughs> and let's just hope that's Al-Qaeda's number Is this two. this in Fast 10? <laughs> oh, man. It's a preview for Fast 10 where a car falls out of Is a... Is that one of them we've done before? I don't remember that. The cargo plane, and it drops onto the freeway and keeps going. I'm like, God, <laughs> people are dumb. The next one's a podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we already see it. We've, we've done this one? one? No. I no. Oh. I can see where one of the girls doesn't fit into the other yeah. hot ones. I'll one tell of you these that. things is not like yeah. the other. It's the cheer squad and, the, that beast. and the foundation. Oh, just wait. 23, uh, I go to UCSB, and I also bartend. Cute girl. <laughs> All right, Brady. No more joke videos like that. Those are visuals, not for He's radio. Dying over Look here. at him. It doesn't work on the radio. That's just silly. He described her very yeah. well. Oh so, yeah, well I do I do my job, but come on. You can't do the 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 switcheroo. One more time. Oh, Let's hear from Gorlock, the, the destroyer. One girl. This is one you have to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cute girl first, and then this giant beast has to introduce herself, and they've overdubbed it with uh, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> and the better part of that whole video was watching Brady shake like Jabba when we... <laughs> he went into hysterics. This is one maybe we have seen. Right, it doesn't really go. matter. Get over that. Lady gets out of her car. It's an animal... Uh, park where you drive through oh, yeah. 
and gets snagged by the tiger. This is the one where they did the Chinese. I don't think this is an animal park. No, I don't either. (laughs) I think (laughs) the guy jumps out of the car. (laughs) I'm good. This is the one where that Asian lady gets tugged away by the tiger. No, 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 no. Yeah, he keeps the kids and stuff. There's the safari vehicle. Coming on, company, but it's coming out of somewhere else. What a random safari vehicle just just stayed in the Jetta and got the hell out of it. It's either a safari vehicle or a military vehicle, and they're always around. Yeah, these people are comfortable that they're out of the park. I think. Because that lady's just got out. The dude opens his door, and then a tiger shows up. And by the way, uh, he's like, "Should I leave the car running?" I don't care if it's a safari park or not. Uh, there's no boundaries, so let's yeah. let's just say what it is. It's a wildlife place with with vans nearby for help. What a nut house! All right, this might be another one that we've seen before, but it's a guy that gets basically t-boned in the inter- intersection of his car. Lucky to be alive. All right, this is a good one. Ooh, there's a big truck going through. Oh, Jesus, and a bigger truck. Whoa, it just blew the whole thing up, and the guy comes yeah. flying out. Yeah, I think we did see that one. That's yeah. amazing. We've seen multiple just times just worth guys getting flying, off the, uh, flying just, out of the car. The whole thing well, the disintegrated. One where the guy went down the gutter. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. He flew out of the car and went down the gutter. Wow. Bam. All right. That's it. Last one's uh, at a wedding, and yeah. this is the part of the wedding reception where they're uh, – this taking I'm, a piece of the cake. This could be Brett's family. This is I'm Brett's just, oh, uh, family wedding. Italians. Oh, he's got to smash it in her face. The moment uh, she looks upset, the bride looks unhappy. He feeds her. She's first. drunk. She's a little hammered. So she's she's drugged. She's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either drugged or arranged. Now she takes marriage. her piece and does the takeaway on him. She's gonna put it in his mouth. No. Mm. Oh, and he gives <laughs> her five across the face. <laughs> <laughs> He smacked his wife at the wedding. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What are you doing over there? Come on. Hey, you know you what? Fresh one. Hey, you keep it up till death do his pot's going to be 530. <laughs> he gives her a good what are you fat doing? That's my cake. Smack. <laughs> That's my cake. That's not how we did it in rehearsals. You made a fool out of me. She was found two days later with her eye smashed through a goalpost. <laughs> right. It's so good. Yeah, she gives it. Try this. The music's going. Look at the lady who's holding the cake's reaction. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. There, her make me look like a fool. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's a fresh one for you. Where's my gumad? This bitch doesn't listen. All right. Go ahead. Do we got time or do Just, we? Yeah, real quick. Because I, I know we got to. Uh... Yeah. I got a couple quickies here. Kevin Ray is going to be with us. In I got nothing. I got nothing disturbing and disgusting. Oh, so we're, well, we're good. What are we time. doing, man? Uh, here, here's just some slob riding the back of a truck. Scrub. The back of a pickup truck, and I mean that is a big fat person. Oh, oh my goodness! Look at that, that beast! Big fat man fell out of that. That's a what three quarter ton yeah. truck up there, man. They were That's good it to luck the test. in that country. And uh, here's when here's, Buddha falls out of your yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Here's a limbo contest. All right. He's like somewhere in Douche Village, USA. Our guy makes it through. Nice job. Comes a bit, a little. Beaver shot. Okay, a girl who has a bikini that is, or a bathing suit that's barely hanging on, bends back to do the limbo, and it splits, and we get to see a 1970s unshaven nightmare. (laughs) Thank you for that. Well, those are great. Thanks, Brett. Way to start. Oh, you got one more? Uh, Yeah. All right, go ahead. One more for Bert. Is this one I wanted to show? Oh, there's a big truck there hitting the ambulance. He missed it out of the back. 
The patient flies out of the back. Ambulance and a patient shoots out of the back. Right into the ER. (laughs) It was amazing. (laughs) So I'll save the rest of them for tomorrow. All right. All good. Thank you. Well, we got nudity. We got some oddness. We got job of the fresh one. Got a fresh one across the face. Listen, it's your wedding, but it's my wedding too. All right, and now Kevin Ray will join us in just a little bit. The 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 other voice of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he's off in D.C. I think right now, but he's. Uh, I talked to him yesterday. I'm like, let's talk tomorrow. You, t- I'm going to have Kevin talk all of us down a little bit as we prepare for Game Two. Suns Nuggets. Uh, Kevin Ray, voice of the Suns, joins us next. It's uh, the Brady Report. It's gone. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. Sickness. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself. He's evil. Sitting right here. Come on. No, no, he's not. He's not evil. He's just a bit rude. There you go. Godsmack for you. Listen to that. Uh, Godsmack, of course, going to be part of U-Fest uh, this weekend, which is pretty great, right? Weather's oh, yeah. going to be perfect. Everything's going to be amazing. Uh, speaking of perfect and amazing... Our friend Kevin Ray is on the phone. Let's get to Kevin right away. Perfect and amazing Kevin Ray is here. Kevin, are you there? I am here, Jonathan. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm trying to keep my hopes up. Uh, you know, you you are the... Unfortunately, and Kevin, I have to apologize publicly to you for this. Uh, you take the brunt <laughs> of my text during a broadcast. Now, as a, as a guy who does a silly fart show, people will text me all day long, and I can handle it. But you're doing a serious job. You're actually a professional something or other. And so me on the other end of you know just constantly complaining to the person I know is watching the game, that's my problem is I can't text friends that you know may or may not be watching. It just seems crazy. I know you're there. So I, I yell at you. You're my conduit to the Suns. And so I'll apologize now for uh, the whole year of bothering you during games. I, I'm always happy to be the the sounding board and provide whatever uh, solace I can, John. Yeah, and you're really good at just uh, placating me with a thumbs up or a yep, and that's what I really appreciate because it's you know at least it shows you're paying attention to everything else. Now, Kevin, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's all over the internet. Uh, DeAndre Ayton standing out of bounds watching uh, Tory Craig and the Joker fight over a rebound, and he has become kind of a laughable joke across the nation and i want to know uh what, what you tell me how we deal with this as sports fans as suns fans how are we dealing with it well look it, you know it it is what it is um the the video you know as 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 they say the eye in the sky don't lie yeah. um and you know it's it's certainly not a becoming clip of uh, you know it's not a still photo it's a, it's about twelve are you sure seconds of, of video I think he is a still photo I think it actually is a still photo of DeAndre in one of those you know those magic moments where everybody else is still and they can move one character that's what they did with it uh, right yeah it's tough <laughs> right. to see it's tough to watch because I think all of us recognize the at least visually he passes every test of an athlete. I think I know why he didn't uh, get involved in that play. Okay. 
he was a little confused about the rule because he was standing out of bounds. That's right. He's like, I'm not, yes. I'm out of bounds. I can no longer play. That's right. Because that's what you want by playoff time is a guy yeah. who's still trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah, he's trying game. to figure it out. Oh, he was, he was, I see. He, he was thinking, uh, as you lay it out, Brady, he was thinking that I can't be the first guy to touch the right, ball because right. I'm out of bounds. Yeah, because right. he's such God. a knowledgeable God. NFL guy, <laughs> he confuses the games. But I, I think after you look at him and you, like, he passes all the eye tests and all the, like, my God, if I, ha- I think most people feel like if I had what he has naturally, 14 points and 7 rebounds just isn't an acceptable night for me. I should be furious. And he doesn't have it. Yeah, look, I mean, we we saw something similar play out game one against the Clippers. And, you know, the the good news, and and look, the reality is there's only one way to respond for both he and the team because, you know, DeAndre was not alone in in the the, the shortcomings of the team. But there's only one way to respond, and that is through your play. Um, There's there's no amount of words that – can be said or frankly need to be said. You just got to go out and and prove it and show it. And he's done that, um, especially in the brief history that he's had matched up against Joker and the Nuggets. It's just, you know, from a fan's perspective, there's no denying the level of frustration because, you know, you, you feel like those lessons should have been learned in games one and two in that Clippers series yes. and understanding the opponent you're playing in the Nuggets that, you know, they've, they've heard all the talk, uh, you know, they, they know the Suns swept them a couple of years ago. And I think what people forget is the Suns swept them two years ago without Jamal Murray. And that dude's pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And it was right after the bubble Jamal Murray, which everybody's like, who's Jamal Murray and where's his Jersey? Yeah. They were two games away from getting to the finals yeah. that year. Yeah. So, yeah, and and you forget also Aaron Gordon wasn't on this team, and I mean this is a loaded team. This is this is not your this is not the injured Clippers. So you can't have these lapses no. that you had uh, the other night. Now you're right that the Suns may not have had their best game, but it's arguable that Denver did. Don't you think? Yeah. Look, I mean, you 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 look at what Jamal Murray did, and is he capable of doing that consistently through the playoffs? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You would like to think that they've got an answer for for Aaron Gordon. Um, three of four from from downtown for Gordon is certainly higher than you would expect. But you know, the, with all those points that they got from their starters, it wasn't as though. Their bench eviscerated ours, pretty even, twenty four to twenty three. But it was it was all self inflicted wounds for yeah. the Suns. I mean, they shot fifty one percent from the field, but you give up seventeen more fugal attempts because you turned the ball over. So the Suns were minus eleven in points off turnovers and minus twenty seven from the three point line. I mean, you're you're not beating anybody, anybody yeah. with those kind of numbers. And I don't think Denver got would have gotten beat by anyone in the league playing the way they played the other night. And I knew we were in trouble in the first quarter when the Sun shot 67% and had a one-point lead. That's when yeah. you're like, oh. Well, and Murray, yeah. yeah, Murray hit four of his first five shots, and you, you know, he's a little bit like Booker. You can just kind of see it with those guys in their eyes, like, okay, we, we might want to find a way to get on top of this fire, because it, it could get out of hand. Now, Kevin, uh, the fans in, in Phoenix are notorious, and you, you're around the NBA a lot. You're, you're in city to city. Is it every city that overreacts to each loss the way we do? Like, this city is... Oh, completely. Okay, they're all like that. 
it's yeah it's you know everybody feels like their team is playing the worst and oh my god that the world is ending but it is it is that way in every other city i can assure you of that having been in those other cities that you know the fans it, it, it is in playoff time and regardless of what sport but in playoff time you know you feel like the world is ending after one playoff loss and it's like oh my gosh they've got all the momentum well look we all know you know all the momentum lasts you know has an expiration date of about 24 hours yeah yeah no (laughs) i mean matter of look at the kings you know going back and correct yeah yeah exactly yeah the kings and warrior series which turned out to be one of the best series i've ever watched uh, was so back and forth. I don't think anybody ever had momentum. No. And, you know, Kings fans were, you know, they were they were thrilled they were coming home. They were going to be taking on the team. And in their building, which is one of the loudest, if not the loudest in the NBA, especially after their 16-year drought, but they just assumed that they were going to light the beam and send the Warriors home. Yeah. Well, they forgot that dude over there oh. uh, for the Warriors <laughs> Beach by himself went just yeah just went surgical on, on Sacramento and he just offered up a subtle little reminder we're still the defending champs uh, and they still got me yeah and it was the best seventh game amazing. in playoff history maybe well that's it, you think, it was it was fabulous yeah it was amazing it was a different sport altogether but you remember when the Diamondbacks and the Yankees were playing game six oh and then it comes down to yeah. complete blowout right. And and that's the thing about playoffs on all your sports, like you were saying, Kevin, is the, it's a soap opera. Yeah. Oh, it's the crazy. Up and down each game. But the players can't be. Now, Kevin, I want you to do something for me right now as the as the other okay. voice of the Phoenix Suns. And then we're going to get into that in a second. Uh, I want you to, without a cliche of it's a long series, every, make the fans comfortable. But you can't mention that it's a long <laughs> series. Tell me what Kevin Ray feels. Because you go through it, too. You're as emotional a fan as as, as me. You're just more even keeled. Yeah. I'm just I'm just a little bit bipolar, and you seem to have your crap together. <laughs> so tell me, like right now, as a an even keeled guy who's seen every bounce of the ball this year, what you're looking for tonight, what scares you, and what uh, makes you what what like satiates you, what makes you feel okay. Well, I'll start with what makes me feel okay. Uh, the, the the dudes who wear number one and number thirty five for the you know for the for the purple and orange that would be one Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant, and let's not forget you know Chris Paul. All three of those guys are extremely. Uh, talented at making the necessary adjustments. I do not believe that Kevin Durant is going to turn the ball over seven times yeah. again here tonight. Um, he, he delivered, you know, a brilliant performance aside from the seven turnovers, a, a double double, 29 and 14. Uh, I also look for um, some needed adjustments from Suns coach Monty Williams. A lot with of them. the rotation. I'm, I, I am anticipating some adjustments, and I'll just leave it at that. I'll say your adjustments, I, I, Kevin. No more Landry Shamit. <laughs> and DeAndre doesn't necessarily have to start the game to so we can assert a different attitude. Well, I think the attitude will come. I mean, look, if you remember after that Clippers, after those first couple of games, DeAndre came out and said, uh, you know, the, his teammates, virtually everybody, and the coaching staff as well, was letting him have it and hear it about the, the lack of force and rebounding. And he responded and had, you know, double-doubles the rest of the series. So I, I expect a similar response from him tonight. 
uh, I expect a team that will not kick the rock around and do a much better job of defending the you know the three point line. Um, I, I, I see them getting a better handle on Jamal Murray. You know, the concern is that Nikola Jokic didn't have a particularly great scoring game. He was no. nine at twenty one, but he still impacts it with you know nineteen rebounds. So. Yeah. I expect a response from from the good guys tonight, uh, and I expect this series to be evened up at the at the end of the night. You think they walk away with a win? Now, here's what I here's what I would tell fans: expect two zero Denver, but a showing tonight that gives you confidence that when they come home they can win games. I don't think they win tonight. Yeah, well, look, and and that that is a possibility, and there is the one thing that we got to remember. And I was thinking about this yesterday. You know, this team. And I know it's it's a far different collective from the team that got to the finals a couple of years ago, but you know you you look at that Warriors team and yes they've got the championship pedigree, but to see that they bounce back after being in that two zero hole, yeah. you know this this Suns team has not been in that kind of a hole in the playoffs ever with this particular group, and you know there there is a part of you that would you know that that asks how would this team respond. You know, what, what would they look like? How, how would they, you know, come together as a collective to say, okay, we're in a 2-0 hole here, but we still believe in ourselves. I hope we don't have to get that answer revealed, yeah. but it, it is certainly a possibility. I mean, yeah, because Denver, I mean, people, the, the fans that you're talking about who get so emotional, these are the same fans that are hanging on to this Denver team being swept a couple of years yeah, ago. I mean, you know, Suns and Four guy is <laughs> is looking for a new battle cry. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's five and then it's just shut the up. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. Backdoor sweep, maybe, but I don't see it happening. And just shut up about that. The series, you know, to, to the fans that say that, the series wasn't supposed to be a sweep on either end. Both these teams are, are, are good enough to, to pop a couple games off here. Uh, I got a question for Kevin. I said, yeah, I, I said, Kevin, real quick, I just said coming into the playoffs, and you and I had this conversation, um, there, there were going to be no easy outs no. for anybody this season uh, in, in the Western Conference playoffs. And we're seeing, you know, we saw the same thing play out in the Eastern Conference. I mean, look at Miami for crying out yeah. loud. So you just got to, you know, you just got to buckle up and know that there's going to be a few games and nights that you're going to take your lumps. But you just got to believe in, you know, in the guys that you got on the floor. Yeah, and tip your cap to the opponent every once in a while and go, "You got us." Which I, I think what happened the other night. Yeah, exactly. What are you saying, K. Ray? How much dominating gear do you own? <laughs> do you buy any of the dominating gear? I I ordered a set of of each color for John. Yes, thank um, you. Because I because because I, I know he was clamoring. For oh, it. you know, you know me, and you know I'll be wandering the streets of Phoenix wearing dominating gear because nothing says uh, push me over and take my money like dominating uh, wear. I, I can't stand that I I feel that way about him, but I want him off the floor. And and uh, do you have any push at all to where you can make a couple phone calls and make Landry Shamit like the eighth guy off the bench? <laughs> I know you're not supposed to answer it those questions, call but Monty. The, the ultimate frustration is I'm watching Landry Shamit run around scoring as many points as I am sitting in my underwear watching the game. <laughs> it, it is the off season for me, Johnny. So they've got my number on D and D. Oh, no, they I, do. I, oh man, I, I I have no input whatsoever. How how much <laughs> do you did in season anyway? Yeah, do you scream at the TV like I do? Like why is Landry Shamit on the game? <laughs> 
please tell me that you have those moments. Uh, you can't it, be this even. It, I, it, it, no, it, it's, uh, it, well, look, it, it is, it's challenging for me as it is just because, you know, you go from doing every game all season long, you get to the first round of the playoffs, and now you get to the even higher level of games. And so I'm going through this, this period at the present time of sitting there and half broadcasting the yeah. game and half being a fan <laughs> and and getting frustrated. Yeah. So you know I've I've got uh, I've got double confliction going on right. Now. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 mind numbing to watch this thing and that. So uh, what would your perfect rotation be? Who's your first guy off the bench? Well, I, I would I I really felt like that campaign would be first yeah. off. Um, especially having a few extra days after wrapping up the Clippers series. You know, look, Cam's missed a ton of time this season, and maybe just, you know, maybe Monty the staff felt that he needed some additional conditioning. But I just think that in terms of pace, the pace that Cam can bring you. Um, and, you know, the, the one concern, even going back to the Clippers series, that has now stretched into, you know, six games. But they're only averaging, they being the Suns, are only averaging about 23 three-point attempts per game. So that's down about 11 or 12 from the regular season. And then conversely, the opponents are averaging about 34 or 35. And look, as great as the Suns are with the two-point shot, and they're the best in the league, if you're giving up 17 extra shots to the opponent, and you're getting 10 fewer from three, they only have to hit half as many. Yeah. And in this case, you know, the other night, they ended up hitting, you know, nine more than yeah. the Suns hit. So you've just got to find a way to, to get that margin uh, fewer for them, and, or more realistically, you, you've got to find a way to get it higher. Because I just feel like now opponents are just consistently running the Suns off the three-point line and saying, we'll live with the two. Because we feel like we've got a better three-point shooting attack, and they're and not defending as it, it well. played out the other night. That was the case. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. All right, so you got campaign first off the bench. I'm going to run down all the way down until you say Landry Shamit, and then I'm going to tell you you're wrong. So how many like how many more players do we have? Five. <laughs> <laughs> I think that works well, the best I, for me. I think. I, I I think yeah. I think you look at, at Cam. Uh, obviously. It'll be interesting to see how he approaches with Busy and Jock, because Jock yeah. gives you more, you know, uh, pacing offensively and an opportunity. But you do lose that that rim protector in Bismack Biombo, yeah. and I would just, I, I would love to see a Terrence Ross and a TJ Warren Thank get God. get a run. These are guys, these are guys that can put pressure. You know, while they may not be premier defenders. You know, I sometimes you have to flip the script and say they may not be able to defend at an elite level, but their their scoring threat creates issues for the other guy, you know, and the other team. And that's that's what I would love to see the Suns do here tonight is kind of flip the script and say, okay, we're going in an offensive mindset and we believe that our guys can get into a scoring rhythm and thus put pressure on your defense. And then you start creating additional breakdowns and mismatch situations. Yeah. Which is, you know, and that's perfect. Cause what you've just said is that first guy off the bench for you is campaign. Then you got a Kogi or Tory Craig interchangeable Bismarck Landale, yep. Ross, uh, Warren, maybe D Lee, 
And then finally, Landry Shamit, if there's like eight injuries. I'm totally in on Kevin Ray's process here. I think that's a perfect, perfect scenario. Now, uh, one last question about the Suns, and I want to ask you one more thing. Uh, how long do you think until the glow wears off Monty? Because last year's playoffs, he started to get a little bit of like, what's he doing? This year is just mind-boggling that the rotations are more of just a – it's almost like he's just reaching into the cabinet and grabbing something and – Crossing his but fingers. in fairness, he's got a new set of eyes looking. That at That is true. His new Schwartz uh, Laser Eye Center. He's, yeah. he's now meeting guys for the first time. <laughs> yeah. But but doesn't it feel haphazard? I and, love the way you incorporate your sponsors. Of course, <laughs> Kevin. Beautiful. We're professionals. Now now a word from Learner and Row. No, uh, but no. I just uh, like. Like, uh, don't you think that it's getting to the point now where people start? They have to a little bit. I know no one wants to, but you got to start questioning Monty a little here. Well, look, here, here's the thing, and, and again, the, these are conversations that you and I have had previously. It, it, the, the games that KD missed when he went down with that injury, I felt weren't as necessarily impactful for him as it was for the rotation opportunities. Right. Because it didn't, it didn't afford Monty and the coaching staff to really do some, you know, some mixing and matching over the course of, you know, 10, 12, 15 games. And I was, I was curious and, you know, somewhat concerned because of how that might impact. That's, that's the one drawback to the, the NBA trade deadline being as late as it is. You don't have a lot of time to experiment. Right. And I think what we've seen a little bit is because, you know, Monty is, has been leaning on guys that have been with him in the coaching staff and that he trusts. And look, this is where, and he's no stranger to this, nor are any coaches. I mean, look at, I mean, Look at Mike Budenholzer, and, oh, and you know, uh, we we all understand what Budenholzer, as we found out later, you know, is, is dealing with loss of a brother, and, yeah. and you wish that on on no one, and you know, thoughts and prayers for his family because that's just brutal. that's brutal news to yeah. get any time, much less in the middle of a playoff series. But this is a guy that won the finals a couple of years ago, and he is on a white hot seat. Yeah, you know, I, I Monty is no stranger to it. He understands the scrutiny that comes with it, and you know when you start winning the way the Suns have, the expectations gets ramped up. And he understands that he will be scrutinized for every single move that works, but even more so the ones that don't work. Um, But I think at this point, you really do have to start looking at some some different tweaks in your rotation and your lineup. Like, if if nothing else, you've got to find guys who – and, and he pointed this out. It's not necessarily what point wise that you're getting contribution from your bench. It's it's you know getting defensive stops, yeah. getting rebounds, uh, and not turning the basketball over. So those are the things that I think you have to look at and roll the dice a little bit. And maybe you find one or two of those guys. We've seen with Terrence Ross and TJ, two guys who can who can get cooking. And maybe we can see the return of campaign, uh, the playoff camp from two years ago. Yeah, that'd be great to see something like that. a little cohesion and some uh, some fluid fluidity with the team as they make those adjustments uh last thing i'm going to tell you yeah. uh, al mccoy is all done uh with his uh with his regular season and now the playoff run we're hoping maybe it goes forever and the guy gets a championship finally but uh the team was very late in building him a statue would you like me to start a petition to start the kevin ray statue now 
Or do you want me to? Do you want to give it a few more years? Because because it seems like they're going to wait till you're 90 before anybody even discusses it. And Al's not going to see his own statue if they don't hurry up. We've had all, over four sources that yeah. say they'd make a statue. So maybe I'll make you one now, and we'll just keep it in my garage until unless you screw up and say something about trans people that we're not supposed to do. But you know, it happens. We have broadcasters <laughs> who've been on the show before that are no longer allowed to do it, and and you hang around with me. Well, so. you know, I'll 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 do I'll do this. You know, maybe because you guys are so creative and so talented, if you can get like a case of Play-Doh and maybe you guys can can create a, a K-Ray statue and we can set that in play as a temporary I like that. Uh, until something, you know, so we'll give it a few more years before okay. we put the petition on the streets and maybe you guys can create something. A Play-Ray. I, I think the, you know, uh, the safe know, yeah. Yeah, I like would that. be a bust, yeah. not a full statue. No, I'm going yeah, full statue. Kevin's not a super tall man. This won't be hard. <laughs> a bust on a pedestal? Yeah. It's not like we're doing, you know, Tim Kempton over here. That's a crazy... I'll do a bust of Kempton. That'll take a lot yeah, of Play-Doh. Get, get some Play-Doh, get some Play-Doh, get some Legos, whatever you guys feel inclined. <laughs> and we can maybe start a groundswell of support and do it organically. I like it. I like that. Okay, I, we'll work on that. Because I don't like that Al McCoy was ignored and there's streets named after WNBA players before Al McCoy. That's been my beef the entire time. Uh, but now we got to start thinking ahead, and I'm like, Kevin Ray's been around for a while. You're going to be the voice of the Suns for the next, I don't know, millennia. So let's uh, let's let's get you a statue off the bat. It'd be cool to do it like <laughs> I, a I, I, I appreciate thing. the early thinking there, yeah, Johnny. I do what I can for you, man. That's what friends do. <laughs> Kevin, thank you for somewhat placating us, but not really. Uh, give me a prediction. What's your score tonight? You said they're going to win. What do you think? I, I'm going to go Suns 111. Nuggets 107. Tight game. All right. I like it. I'm Yeah, I'm I'm hoping you're right because it would be amazing (laughs) to come back 1-1. I still think it comes back 2-0 and goes back to Denver 2-2. I think the Suns protect the home floor. we got to steal one in the next and just make it a three-game series after because I don't think the way Denver came off that game, they're not going to come out. They're going to come out hot. This is going to be a tough one. It's a tough game tonight. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, the, the Suns got to, you know, like like I said, tell the fans to buckle up because there, yeah. there are no easy rides. This is a tough punch here. All right, Kevin, thank you for taking the time. Tell that friend of yours that you're with I said hello, and we will uh, we'll chat later. <laughs> you got it, boy. Right, be good. There's Kevin, everybody. Okay, Ray uh, out there doing his thing and uh, being the Suns announcer, even when the games aren't on because it's got to drive him insane. I've sat with him at games he's not broadcasting. He can't help himself. He just starts announcing while you guys are sitting there? During during timeouts and stuff, he sponsors them. It's amazing. the kiss cam. Exactly. (laughs) We don't do that. He doesn't do in-house stuff. We're just sitting talking to go, we're going to take a little break here, Johnny, and we're going to talk about uh, Lerner and Rowe and what they can do for you during this free throw. Like, what the hell just happened? As the official eye doctor of the Phoenix Suns, uh, Schwartz Laser Eye Center. I'm like, I know that. We're we're just drinking and talking about what's going on. He's great, though. Kevin's and He watches great football guy. games and just mouth the word oh. by, by himself. He's like just practicing. incredible. Constantly like, practicing. The, uh, the ultimate professional and no business being friends with me. I am brand liability. That man will never get a statue once they find out that he hangs out with me uh, every once in a while. He's, he's a fun dude. Great guy, too. So, uh, Kevin, hopefully appeased everybody's kind of feelings that it all ended the other night. He thinks they win tonight. I'm a bit more black cloudish on tonight's game, but I still think... The Suns are just fine. And I don't want to say the cliche, it's a long series, but it's a long series. Uh, it's 9-11. We got uh, what Brady would do coming up in just moments. The great K-Ray just joined us. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. 
witness. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself. He's evil. Sitting right here. Come on. No, I mean, no, he's not. He's not evil. He's just a bit rude. Ninety-eight. Sorry. Made myself laugh. I just amused myself right before I hit some buttons. I do that. Ah. There we go. Got them all. Is that right? Yeah, okay, good. I just wanted to say before we get going with what we're Brady do, I got all this paper in front of me. Uh, a little concert announcement here. We're already talking about December 10th for a concert, what? so stuff that stocking or a Hanukkah gift for somebody. Hey. Footprint Center, December 10th, Sunday night. I'm going to say the word, and you're going to be like, ah, uh, I've seen him. Aerosmith? Yeah. Seen him? Uh, I saw him back on the pump tour and said, I never need to see them again. And I haven't since because I didn't want to ruin that experience. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. And then they came out with that Armageddon thing and fell in love with the Carol Bear Sager songs. I'm like, I'm out on Aerosmith. Haven't liked a lot of what they've done. It's been okay. Uh, But it's their farewell tour with the Black Crows. Nice. Hmm. Now we're cooking. That is a great show. That might drag me back to watch Aerosmith say goodbye, give me a little... Train kept a rolling and some, you know, uh, dream on. And walk this way. Walk this way. And give me some of the, you know, they're going to give you everything. Toys in the Attic's coming out. I mean, all of it's, it's coming out. the Teen Bride Tour? <laughs> oh, yeah. I see what you're saying because I got to pay for that lady he was banging in the 70s. Who's 70 now herself. Anyway, uh, pretty good deal right there. Tickets are going on sale, I think, Friday. So, you know, when I first saw a concert announcement, Aerosmith's coming. I'm like, eh, you know, it's called the Peace Out Farewell Tour. Okay. I wouldn't mind that. Boom. Then the Black Crows are attached to it. You're like, well, now, that might be about three and a half hours of great music. And those Robinson brothers got it together and started acting like they got along well enough to tour, and they've been doing some stuff. The problem is, I don't want the Black Crows headlining. I want the Black Crows opening. Put a time crunch on those boys, or they're going to do those uh, jam sessions for 45 minutes, and I don't want to hear any of that. I just don't. I don't know anybody who does. I went and saw uh, the Black Crows, uh, what was it, the, and everybody who's a musician is like, it was amazing. And I'm like, dude, they played two songs in 45 minutes. I had to sit and listen to hippie guitar work forever. It's like going into some guy's garage and having them just play for you. I don't want to hear that. Fusions. I want the hits. Uh, she talks to angels. Give me a little of that. Do medleys if you want. Pretty little to thing, light that and, candle. Uh, Baby, I'm hard to handle. I'll take all that. And give me a couple songs that maybe I'm like, oh, yeah, that's off that. Oh, that's great. And then jam one out for 18 minutes and go, bye, everybody, Aerosmith. That's what I want. They have to have a deadline. They can't go running. <coughs> you give them free opening, open-ended night, you black crowing until 4 in the morning. Aerosmith, black crows, December 10th. Start making plans today. That's probably going to sell pretty fast. That's a good show. Uh, uh, it's time now for What Would Brady Do? Quickly, Mo Money Pond brings you that, and you can do do their uh, gun stuff at MMP Guns, which is attached to Mo Money Pond, 12th Street and Indian School. If you want to get on over there, learn to build your own AR-15, they'll help you with that. You want to do all sorts of uh, cool buying guns? Whoops, Jesus. Oh, hey. <laughs> well, so much for that idea. Machine for crying out loud. Defend myself from that. Hello. Came out of nowhere. <laughs> that was awesome. Computer just attacked me. 
Uh, anyway, if you want to go over there, MP Guns is inside Mo Money Pond. Uh, they got ammo, they got weapons, they got gun building seminars, they got all the experts in the world, and it is May, which is the month after Byron's birthday, and the month after Byron's birthday special. Still go on if you go up to Byron and say, hey, I know it was your birthday last month. Awesome stuff. He'll give you their May, it was my birthday specials if you just talked to Byron. Yeah, that's awesome. He's a good guy. He's a good guy, yeah. MMP Guns and Mo Money Pond, 12th Street and Indian School. Brady, here we go. You ready? Ready. Uh, dear Brady, a girl I have been head over heels in love with, crazy about for the last two years, finally succumbed to my advances. I asked her to hang out last weekend, and we did. Better than I could have imagined. She's gorgeous, funny, she's awesome in every way. We're making out in her house, and she said, you should go. I think we should stop here. And as a gentleman would say, I said, okay, and went home with a raging erection. She called me the next day, and we went out for lunch. Back to the house we went after lunch. Next thing you know, there's a couple naked people in the room. She and I. And she hits me with, I have to tell you something. I have had warts in the past, and I have been diagnosed with herpes. Ugh. But I haven't had signs of anything for years. So I told her, I don't care. <laughs> we could stop and think this over. Uh, and we did. So I'm thinking... I've waited two years to get this girl naked, and here she is naked, and now she's telling me about this problem. But honestly, I've wanted her for a long time, and I can see myself being with her for even longer. She's one of those. I know it's crazy, but she's my Margot Robbie. She's that girl. And if she gives me herpes, and we both have herpes, and we'd probably be the two most loyal, faithful, faithful partners ever. Should I let her transfer those to me so we can be bonded for life? KJH. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is a good one. He's in love. And love's forever. We know that. Yeah. It, once you do it, it's like Avatar. Once you tie on, that's your horse for love. Never ends, right? With the bumps. It never ends. Right. But that's the point of bumps equals love's forever, Brett. Oh. Brady, put yourself in KJH's shoes. I know herpes is really popular. The big thing. Kids are getting it every yeah. every day. Um, it's like a TikTok and challenge. What I've known, my experience on the uh, bumps, is that if uh, you're most vulnerable to them, if there's an outbreak. Yeah. Other than that, when there's wounds. Yeah. Other than that, from what I've heard, you can't. But I would, you know, if you're going to continue it. Jimmy had it. You at least wear the rubber. That doesn't protect you against that because it's not a penis or internal it's vagina. Not the herpes. Thing. Well, warts too. I thought it did. And it's outside. It's an outer thing. It helps you, but it's you know if she's got anything on the anything outside. Anything can help, John. Touches your outside. You can grab hold of that. But really hard to catch though. It is because, um, um, yeah, I know. It's just the outbreak part of it. I read a thing. You might have to take a couple, you know, you might have to take a week or two off and let it. Right. Subside. Yeah. I read a thing the other day that's that, like they're trying to scare you on the, the internet always tries to scare you. But they're like some people have uh, genital herpes or whatever and they'll never know it. I it doesn't know. show up in tests or anything. Well, then you don't have it. Are you just a carrier at that point? Right. Or? I guess you can. Or it just goes away? How's that? Well, yeah, because it's like I mean, some, it some people, it just like disappears. But they're like, you can, but you never got tested for it. Like, it just, it takes years to show up. And I'm like, that's all new information. Because that, like, there was an old Saturday, oddly enough, with Alec Baldwin, 
where he was trying to pitch this herpes medication for guys who had found out 14 or 15 years after they were married that suddenly they have herpes. And they were basically trying to cover that they'd had some horrible affair with a slut who gave them herpes and said that they got it before I knew you. And so it was these shady doctors who were like, don't worry about it. It's a late-onset herpes medication. And it was a funny sketch because everybody was like, that's absurd. It isn't going to wait 20 years and then show up. But then I'm reading this thing the other day that says you might have it now and you don't even know it. And then when you're 60, it just that can't be a thing. But what do you think of the idea that if he does love her and wants to be with her for a long time and he accepts her gifts and he gets infected, that then they become more bonded. There's some beautiful, strange, twisted black romance to that, you know? From that I yeah, took, I took I've her seen, disease, and it made me love her long time. Can you die from herpes? Sure. It makes you more susceptible to cancer. I haven't heard of anyone. Yeah. Well, nobody has. Nobody goes to death. He died. Of I look herpes. at it that way, and that's probably just. Uh, but with women, yeah. herpes, warts, uh, it, it greatly increases their risks of cancers. But I know of an ex that um, had the warts, and she's had two kids. Oh, you can, you're a functioning human being. Yeah, it she just, got married yeah. and... It increases your risks of... It was a deal breaker for me, but sure. she went on and... Brady was about to risk. insert and she told him, I got the lumpy bumps. And Brady said, gross! And Peace then out. just went back to dinner. I'm not eating that. <laughs> Let's go have a second dinner. Yeah, I'm going to eat pomegranate and make it look like I was down there. Yeah, so you wouldn't do it. Or would you? No, I... I You'd tear it into wouldn't, that. It wouldn't stop me. It used to. Now it doesn't. Hmm. Yeah, I'm taking the the. Per- <laughs> that is an interesting breast mm-hmm. reaction. Is about right. Hmm. The point of it it would stop me if I hadn't had the uh, the track record with that person. Like a, uh, like this is a person I've always wanted to be with. But not why like did... a like. It's different when you just meet somebody. Oh, you got like some one night stand, and, and she, she tells you, you by the way, like, I'm out. I'm with you on that. But if it's someone that I've known for years or you know like that that's a little different that's scenario. a new tune for you because well, the old was, one was kind of like a rekindling well, uh, right? after yeah and having the experience with that that was kind of a breaker but then finding out afterwards that yeah. it really hasn't hindered her and she did a lot of oh you thought she was going to die in a couple of years and it, mm, she was going to turn into a giant like, scab am I ready for that am I ready for some bumps <laughs> are you ready for a scabby wife yeah yeah so you cut it off. What would, you cut it, off. what would it be like if there was an outbreak going on? Oh, jeez, oh, yeah. there's oh. an outbreak. I got to stick yeah. to you. Know. Women have an outbreak every 28 days. It, we right. all, we're all affected by it. I know, and now you got to deal with that. Add on everything. What don't they have? I got to sneeze so bad it just won't happen. So, a, so you would, say, now you, you know, have gotten to the age where you're like, I would tolerate some herpes and some warts if I liked their personality. Especially at this age. <laughs> right. At this See, age. When you, look, you got good two years left with that thing before you're like, I'm not even going to show it to anyone again. So now you'll take the built-in French tickler. You're good with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got her speed bumps. You're like, yeah, but she tells a good story. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Never That's, thought I'd hear that. I didn't either. I thought Brady would always be averse to the tainted vagina. I'll dip into some of that disgusting thunder pudding. <laughs> Now it could be a deal breaker if it is the you know the outbreak happens and like whoa oh yeah no you, yeah she could have the killing fields down there yeah I, I need and to see don't fault me to yeah. uh, you know all of a sudden I see right oh no no this is too much for me to handle like you've got you've got 
shingles on your vagina. The uh, uh, <laughs> if you're gonna, and I appreciate that, and everyone should do it. You should reveal your tests. You know, I got hepatitis. I got. You got to tell your your partners all these things. But also, that should come with a few Polaroids of your last outbreak, so I get an idea of what it might look like. Like, if we're going to open up and have like, this... what are you talking about? Yeah, what were we, one, two? What, did you get them burned off? How, when was your last one? It's, oh, I have them every couple of years. I need to see this mess at its worst before I can agree Fred, pull to out it. some... No, don't pull oh, out. No, don't go on the internet and take I'll have no. some videos for you tomorrow if <laughs> yeah. you'd like. Or maybe tell KJH that. Go on the internet and take a look at what... A, a vagina with that looks like, and go to bluewaffle.net and then oh. see if that's someone you could live with forever. <laughs> Dear Brady, my 14-year-old daughter, oh boy, there we go. is very, very pretty. She's right out of central casting for prom queen girl in a teen movie. Uh, and I'm not crazy. I know she's pursued by the boys at school, and sex stuff is right around the corner. And I know she's interested in that. And I don't know why I'm telling you this, but she's interested because I found her my vibrator in her bedroom. I don't know if I can finish this. You don't suppose, Brady, do you? You know, mine on her and she's been putting it back and she forgot. It begs the question, and I'll let you answer it. Should I buy my daughter her own vibrator I'm not sure what to do. Anhala with a J in it. Absolutely. You go get your daughter a vibrator? Because it could happen. It could. <laughs> one or two things could happen. Everybody's got warts again. Well, no, that she bought that. Here, mom has a gift for you. And she's like, oh, my mom gave me this. I'm not going to. But you're. Oh. she's already discovered it. And by taking it away. Her, your own vibrator? Yeah. Your daughter's using your sex right. toys. Throw them away. And get two new ones. Yeah, everybody gets a new one. <sighs> you thought my videos it's, are bad. This oh, is disgusting. This is it's repulsive. like drinking out of the same cup. Exactly. It shouldn't be done. It's gross. Oh. Your daughter's a pig, first of all. Oh. And hello. That she went through your drawer probably put a little Clorox wipe on that thing and went to town with mommy's vibrator. Ugh. Pornhub wouldn't even do this. Yeah, they would. Repulsive. This is your fault. So Why you would, you would I don't know, I'm blaming somebody. It's just you. <laughs> you I want to put you in jail for this, for even having this segment. So you would, you, if, if this happens at your house, you're buying vibrators for everybody? Oh. Yep. No. You get one. You get You're one. You're not doing that. I think you'd have a bag packed in one of those hobo sacks and be in train tracks. Ah, I'm so glad I don't have kids. Thank you, Dr. Lynn. Thank you, again. Dr. Lynn of Sunrise Urology. 14. That's pretty normal. That's the vibrating stage. That's when the girls discover they got a thing down there. Start buzzing away with mom's stuff, leaning on washing machines, facing the wrong way in the hot tub. <laughs> a lot of that going on. Getting stuck in the dryer. Why are you facing? What are you doing? The seats work the other way. No reason. Are you leaning on the jets? No. No. Just looking out there. And as a parent, you have to watch them do it. They're clumsy with it. Gross. Anyway. 
Good luck with all that. But throw your own vibrator away. If you even consider using that again. Take it to Goodwill. You could silk wood that thing and it's still mentally... <laughs> Don't you, waste it. You can... No, burn it. <laughs> like, even if it was like, like you took it to a scientist and said it's cleaner than a brand new one. You still have the mental imagery of your daughter using it too. Oh, God. Oh, you're all just disgusting. And the timing's pretty good with Mother's Day next week. Yeah, that's true. Get a nice deal out of it there. <laughs> I got you one. And you're, oh, we got the same present. This is fun. It's like hitting wakes. Like jump-starting that engine in the oh, Hawaii, that really? plane engine. No, it's nothing like that. <laughs> it's not a lawn chief. There's no pull on it. Yuck. Anyway, your daughter's gross. And go wash yourself. And just and you're put, gross for even asking yeah, that question. Hey, you why should did you know email better. us that? Yeah. Gross. Yeah, you should know better. Keep that to yourself. That's a private issue. That I'd have been inst- Yeah, you answer that question right off the bat. It's in the can. Well, you throw that sucks. away. Yeah. But do you buy the, her? Question is: Do I do buy my daughter? It? Because well, she'll still do the same thing. Not she'll re-up go to the drawer. it. Do I buy her one and say, "Here you go." Give her a gift card. Here's what you could do. Because <laughs> you don't know what kind she's going to want. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Every clam is different. Yeah. <laughs> you could uh, try to uh, prevent it, even though it would be tough to, but you throw that one away. Yeah. You you buy yourself a new one and put it in a safe. Yeah, if you keep yours in a safe, but what do you do about her? That's what I'm saying. She doesn't have one. Well, you don't get her. her. So you're, well, you're not yeah, getting her. You don't her get her in hopes that she won't go out and so you're saying her own. Get rid of all this. Yep. Uh, go get yourself a new one, find a better hiding spot, yep. and act like this never happened. Uh, yep. That's not so bad. Don't buy your daughter a vibrator. Because you, you won't feel, I don't think you'll feel good about that. And worst part is, if your daughter's like a bloodhound and she can smell yours out. Oh, come on. <laughs> Mom's new vibrators between the mattresses. Ugh. All right, well, there you go. Catch her with a stethoscope on the safe. <laughs> Trying to hack the... I'm getting in there. I can smell it through the steel. That's pure mommy. <laughs> and I'm using it. Oh, she's got something wrong. You need to take her to a psychiatrist immediately for even thinking that that's a good idea. Uh, there you go. That is what Brady did. And your family's sickening me. It's 98 KUPD. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. Sickness. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself. He's evil. Sitting right here. Come on. No, I'm no, he's not. He's not evil. He's just a bit rude. No, that god is insane. It slipped not right there. Love it. That was the most fun of the Halloween show where my ear exploded. That's uh, the Slipknot duality. We got to do it twice. <laughs> Looking down and seeing those bartenders just stop doing what they're doing to sing along. That nah, was fun. No, we started talking about December 10th for Aerosmith. Night of the Singing Dead's just a few months away. Get your tickets now. Started thinking about that because I talked to the guy that does my Christmas lights. Uh, and I have some, I have cafe hey. lights and he, oh, oh no, okay. not yet. And then, but I did think, I'm like, what kind of discount would I get if you guys put them up now? Right. Because <laughs> they always say, like, if you put them up at the end of September, it's $300 off. I'm like, that seems reasonable. Until you got Christmas lights at your house in September. <laughs> like, oh, God, I'm one of these people. But yeah, anyway, Christmas isn't as far as you think. We're almost, we're getting to the, the midway halfway point here. Start cruising into May. It's happy May 1st, everybody. Happy Communism Day. It's the May Day. 
Uh, it's time now for Brady to give you uh, all the entertaining news he's found. We call that the entertainment drill. It's brought to you by our friends at reactdefense.com, the home of tactical black self-defense training. Uh, and they had another seminar over the weekend for the ladies. Uh, ladies self-defense seminar this weekend. Like 70 women uh, showed up for this thing. There's a lot of people with it on their brain going, all right, forget it. I'm going in. And uh, if you're thinking about making yourself stronger, more viable, and uh, more capable person whilst out and about with these nutbags that uh, they call themselves society. Yeah. yeah, you heard that last email, <laughs> didn't you? You heard that last email, that lady and her daughter are sharing a vibrator, for God's sakes. Learn to defend yourself from these half-brained idiots. <laughs> and, the one, and then we get an email from somebody that says, don't buy your daughter a new vibrator. Let her use an electric toothbrush like the rest of us. Oh, God. Ugh. Anyway, that's what that's who you're dealing with in this world. They're out there, and uh, might as well have something in your back pocket that teaches you how to defend yourself in case one of them comes after you. Uh, ReactDefense.com is the place to go. They can teach you anything you need to know from uh, guns, knives, weapons training, uh, all sorts of stuff to get yourself in shape. You learn how to just uh, fight, punch, do, do fun stuff where you work in a heavy bag, you get to spar, you get to play, uh, and it is just a bunch of fun people doing fun things, getting in shape. In the meantime, Learning something the entire way, which you don't do at most gyms. You don't learn a lot. This place will definitely teach you how to how to maneuver through life a little differently. Check them out, reactdefense.com. they got another seminar coming up, I believe, in August for the uh, active shooters. I think one in July for ladies again. Uh, always something going on where they're trying to make society a little better. We need more sheepdog. We need less sheep, and that's the place to do it. Reactdefense.com, that's where you go. Brady, entertain me. Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, did not invent the phrase conscious uncoupling okay. 10 years ago, but she's thrilled that it went viral because pe- she says people have come up to her and said it has really helped them in their breakup process. Right. People are big on terms. Like they went from husky pants to plus size to body positivity, and it all just means fat. But they don't want to hear fat. That's a pejorative. And body positivity is kind until it becomes a pejorative. Like Lane Bryant used to be, oh, that's a nice thing, until you realize they had to change their logo to LB, which is even funnier. A little bigger? That fat girl clothes turned into pound <laughs> LBs. Come on down to LBs. Well, there's a store for linebackers. Oh, no, wait. I see what they're doing. So everything is nice until it's not. So conscious uncoupling is a nice way to say a divorce or a I'm done with you. nasty breakup or I don't like you anymore. I don't want your genitals on mine. Until it becomes uh, negative. And then we'll have to come up with a new term for the weak-minded. Bubbles the chimp turned 40. Wow. He's Who alive. Michael Jackson's chimp from the 80s. He uh, basically bought him from a Texas research facility in 1983. But within six years, Bubbles became too big. No, he just got too old. I like him young. He's at a retirement home in Florida called the Center for Great Apes. They just threw him a massive birthday party. I like my, I like my, I like my little tiny. Everything that I like, little tiny, pretty, I like it to be young too. And Bubbles turned twelve. I start getting lippy. He got a cake. It was frosted with mashed bananas. He started to sign out that I was touching him, and I'm like, "This can't be. Get rid of him. You're out." They wrote his name in blueberries. That's cute. Um, there's an actual bubble bath. Oh, that's adorable. Paper I used to give him bubble baths, too. You know who I should have given bubble baths to is that seven-year-old boy that was in my documentary, whose butt I used to make him spread open. Because there's nothing more attractive than a seven-year-old's unclean beehole. That's Bub- true, Brad. It was in the documentary. I liked it. Bubbles even got presents. 
and the staff entertained him with DVDs of Michael, which <laughs> may seem triggering, but they say he loves watching them and remembers him. Yeah. Do you remember the time? Hey, Bubbles, remember when I fingered you? And then you got too old. You were like a children, but I couldn't keep you because you started getting real strong. And what's great about human children is it takes them 14 years until their punches hurt. You can take a punch. I can take a punch from about a 12 to 14-year-old boy when I try to penetrate them. Bubbles was like six before it started really getting painful. I used to be able to rape Bubbles up until he was about four or five. But man, when he turned six, I thought he was going to pull my nose off, which happened just naturally. Where's never mind? Well, that's why I had never mind. Never mind. That's right. That's Neverland. It's Uh, out there. The Super Mario Brothers movie hit the one billion mark. Man, global box office. (laughs) How much money have Mario and Luigi pulled in over the past forty-five years? Honestly, like one from Donkey Kong to now, how many billions of dollars has that silly little character been responsible for? It is. It's been yeah, unbelievable. It's been every generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was eight when Donkey Kong came out, so I was a child, and every generation has had some sort of and tie and- to the Mario Brothers or Donkey Kong characters. I mean, it's it's got to be one of the most successful, long lasting things in the history of entertainment. Sorry, Star Wars fans. Bill Hader will not. Sign any of your Star Wars merch. I'm like, what? I didn't know. He was credited as a voice consultant for the droid BB-8. <laughs> but he doesn't want to sign it. Molly Ringwald said she turned down the Julia Roberts role in Pretty Women. Woman. Woman. Yeah. Because she uh, felt like there's something icky about it. Oh, the premise of the movie is disgusting. A hooker. Falls in love. Well, beyond that, a guy falls in love with her. She's a street-walking whore. She's turned out. Hot or otherwise. (laughs) Hot or otherwise, she's still a turned-out whore. (laughs) And Richard Gere falls for her, and it's like it presented the notion that maybe it's romantic to be a slut on the streets and you're Prince Charming. It's it's the worst fairy tale ever. It's like if Cinderella took D for money on the side. And then suddenly Prince Charming. She did, away. by the way. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody that hot's cleaning houses for long without taking a few Ds for cash. Sarah- yeah, she probably banged a lot of older guys just yeah. to get cars and carriages and such. The original Pornhub. It was, but yeah, Pretty Woman was just a fairy tale that called it like it was. You don't have to be a whore. Your, your knight in shining armor is going to show up. It's kind of a gross movie. We had a celebrity death in the music world. Bachman Turner, Overdrive co-founder Tim Bachman, passed away. Brain cancer. 71. T.O. That's all that's left. Saturday was the White House House Correspondents' Dinner. Lots of celebrity guests. Brittany Griner was there. So were the Vanderpump Rules people. Like, how in the world is that? That's the world we live in that the Vanderpump people are at the White House Correspondence Dinner. Evidently, one of the funnier skits was the Property Brothers proposed a White House makeover. Yeah, it's lost its, it's, lost its charm. It used to be kind of a roast, and now it's a super safe. Although Roy Wood Jr. is still really funny. It's super, super duper safe. They used to always bring up an impressionist, put him in the makeup bash the current president something fierce and now they're afraid to do that 
besides Biden wouldn't get the joke. He does it by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah just you put know, Biden they don't even, Yeah. Hey, a few minutes. We've got a chunk on abortion. You guys want to hear it? <laughs> I was going to do those jokes, but I got rid of them. It's my choice. <laughs> oh, I get it. He did an abortion gag. Anyway, uh, that's it for us. We're done. This Monday flew by. Suns tonight. K Ray called it 111 107. We had him on this morning and. The voice of the Phoenix Suns, Bally's own Kevin Ray. 111-107. Let's see if you can call. Skyfall if they lose. Oh, and people will lose their minds if they don't come back 1-1. But don't worry. 2-0 is not uncommon. Like he said, the Kings and Warriors series, the Warriors just won. All you got to do is steal one. Protect your home court and steal one. If you can do it tonight, that's great. Warriors won four out of the next five. Better still, if you lose two, to win the next two. Like what yeah. they did against the Clippers. Protect your home. Suns blew it and then went and stole one from the Clippers. The Clippers couldn't protect their house and it all went sideways. Right. You got to If you can't steal tonight, Suns fans, don't worry. And watch DeAndre Ayton. If, he does, if he's still standing around on that Coinbase logo up there at the ball center. <laughs> it's named after Mason Jars. I didn't right. think Mason Jars had that much money. They can oh, sponsor me. Them. I don't know. Oh, those those Mormons all store their oh, that's stuff. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. They're all canning. That's true. That's, that's, that's a good point. All right, we're done. You guys have yourselves a great day. We'll see you tomorrow right here in the morning. Signa Sella! Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet Mesquite. Repeat, ericsfamilybbq.com.